halfway through September of 2021. It is a Sunday. It is the Chair Shop Podcast. We're back again to talk all that happened in the week in wrestling and not in wrestling, everything in between. We got your emails. So much to chat about, as we always do. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever dependable co hosts. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening, Barry Paul. And speaking of Paul, he's also here saying hello. Hello. That is what I'm saying. Hello. See how I knew that, folks? Um, we have got a Whopper show, as I mentioned there, to talk about. Uh, and for, you know, our, our unprecedented uh, fourth or fifth time, uh, we are going to kick off with the wrestling, I think. Woo! Uh, because there is a lot of it. Uh, there is... Um, there's a show, there's a, a quite well-received uh, Papier View to discuss. There is some TV to discuss and there is some news and whatnot. So uh, let us jump straight in here to the pay-per-view. Gentlemen, did we all watch AEW All Out? Of course we did. Good. I'd be very disappointed in you if you didn't. Yeah. Uh, did we all watch the, the pre-show? Yes. I didn't see the, the pre-show, actually. I should catch up, catch up with that. It was all right. It was kind of exactly what you'd want a pre-show to be. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, the best friends and Wheeler Yuta and Jurassic Express defeated the Hardy family office in the hybrid, too. Uh, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Nothing uh, nothing too crazy. They did some cool moves. That was about it. Yeah, it was a fun little opener. Um, watching the pre-show has become part of the, uh, the, the live pay-per-view experience, but... Were I not watching it live, I would probably also skip it. Absolutely, yeah. It's one of those things, especially for us, because we're staying up anyway. So it's like, what are you going to do at, between midnight and one? Uh, yeah. Obviously, you're going to stick the old uh, the, the pre-show on. We did also have the return of The Butcher um, <laughs> on the pre-show, which was good. I like The Butcher. Um, I certainly like The Butcher and The Blade more than The Blade on his own. <laughs> I was going to say, th- that could have been a, a thing we... we uh, we're happy about related to COVID, the return of the butcher. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on in, lads. Come on in. Get all this meat, all you can handle. Um, uh, anyway, so they they had their match, and then, of course, we had the ceremonial uh, wheeling out of JR to conclude the uh, the pre show, <laughs> which for some reason I just love that they make that their pre show tradition. And then he just comes out as slow as humanly possible in a big baggy <laughs> shirt. Just put one hand in the air. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, he's great. Um, like an old lad walking into a pub. That led us in to the main show which kicked off with uh, Miro retaining his TNT championship against Eddie Kingston. In uh, what, by the time the show rolled around, kind of felt like one of the more anticipated matches on the card, I thought. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, and it turned out to be an absolutely perfect choice to open the pay-per-view as well. Yeah, good match, but not too good. That's what I saw described. <laughs> I re- heated, um, but then we're going full pelt. Yeah, flying all over the place. So per- perfect opener for me. I didn't really like the referee shenanigans, to be honest, only because I don't really like AEW have done a good job of not making their referees look stupid. 
Um, yeah. He did look a little bit stupid here with the turnbuckle and everything else, but it was all right. It was a good match. Good match. Yeah, very much so. Um, not only Eddie Kingston good, but the fans love him, so it was good to get him out first, get the crowd mm-hmm. get the crowd excited. That is the job of the opening match, after all. Get the crowd up and G'd up. And unfortunately, didn't bring home the W, but uh, it was a very entertaining match. Lots of uh, stiff chops, lots of the uh, Kento Kobashi uh, bullet chops to the chest, and a lot of fun stuff. And Miro getting the win. Uh, with his big flying kick, he does, which always looks great. Right in the right in the mush with that yeah. final kick, which is great. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. I thought it was it was really good without going too ham over the top, uh, and the crowd was just just awesome for it. So uh, that segued into uh, a, a, a similar enough match for the second match, although maybe not quite as good. Uh, we had uh, John Moxley defeating Satoshi Kojima. Which was probably one of those matches you could probably just close your eyes and picture it before you before they did it. <laughs> um, a little bit, but uh, yeah, you know Kojima's great. He can still he can still do the he can still do the hits. Um, and Moxley, you know, I, this is a fun little run of Moxley. Um, uh, at the moment, they have obviously kind of uh, cycled him down quite a little bit. Obviously, you know, second match on the card is not typically where he resided, but I think it's I think it's good for him now. You know, kind of out of the way while the the main event scene gets a bit cluttered. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. I thought this was uh, perfectly perfectly again. Like the opener was perfectly paced opener. This is a pretty pretty perfect second match in the card. I thought. Yeah, I mean, to your point that um, like it, it it was good, but not that good. Um, I, I yeah, I I thought in that sense it actually slightly over delivered. Mm. To, to the sense mm-hmm. that, like like you said, I I could pretty much picture in my head what it was going to be. I think it was actually slightly better than what I anticipated it was going to ultimately be. Right. Um, so nice again. So nice. So nice stiff. Uh, nice stiff chop fest two in a row. Mm. Um, I would say maybe the only criticism is I I never really bought into the fact that Kojima would win. No, no. Um, but nevertheless, I I like I said, I thought it was I thought it was a little. Uh, a little bit better than I, I anticipated. A little, little over delivery. Anything extra on that, Joe? Um, um, no, it was yeah. what it was. <laughs> it was yeah, what it, was. it was what it was. That's fine. Uh, that led us to uh, the women's championship match. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Jamie Hayter and Rebel. Defeated Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy. I thought this was a lot of fun, and I thought this was probably the best Brit match post the Lights Out match. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. I thought they 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 worked hard. I thought it was intense, um, uh, and I thought they had some pretty spectacular spots in there as well. Uh, yeah, real good stuff. Yeah, another one where they were going not out to steal the show so much, but just have a good match. Statlander's really good. And um, yeah, I can't really think of too many matches Brits had, to be honest, since the um, Thunder Rosa match, obviously winning the title. But apart from that, it's not been, it's been more the kind of promos, I think, since you won the belt. But this was probably the first really good match uh, since then. Yeah, really good. Hmm. I, I don't want to say this wasn't good because I, uh, I remember enjoying it at the time. But like Joe, you said you don't really re- remember much for matches. I don't remember mm. much of this match, to be honest. Mm. Um, not that it wasn't good, again. It just hasn't st- stuck in my memory uh, really at all. 
Um, and that's kind of, I guess, one of the problems with Brit. In addition to how they they have her as a kind of weird tweener, um, that her matches aren't, aside from the obvious, matches aren't necessarily the most memorable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe Ruby Soho is going to be the one, but I, I'm still kind of waiting for uh, an opponent for Brit that's going to be, you know... Like with the Moxie Kojima match, that's going to be a, a credible kind of contender. Yeah, yeah. I guess Ruby maybe is, is the one. I think I think Ruby will be credible, and I think it'll make the. I think that match will be heated because I think people will buy her winning. Although I, I, I don't think she will be the eventual uh, dethrone. No, I mean we're we're ultimately all waiting for the Thunder Rosa rematch. rematch. Are we? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! Uh, I mean her her losing the battle royal, which we'll get to obviously. But that felt a little bit like um, Sean getting eliminated in that one Royal Rumble. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Right. We'll get to that one. Uh, this match, we did also, the, the one highlight I did, I did recall uh, as I was just looking over the card here, it was when uh, Orange Cassidy fired up on the outside to get uh, that out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. That was pretty, that was pretty good. And the crowd reacted huge to it. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah so that, is that, that was that. Up next, we had the Lucha Brothers with Oof. Alex Abrahantes defeating the Young Bucks with Brandon Cutler in the steel cage match for the AEW World Championship. I'm actually kind of surprised you to look at this listing and see it listed at just 22 minutes. Um, not in a negative way, but it just felt mm. like they got so much done. It felt like I thought I, this felt like about a half hour of a match. Okay. Um, yeah, a real a real epic in, in in a really good way. Um yeah, they I I we talked I think we talked last week on, on the show, probably the week before as well, about how I felt a bit weird about the Lucha Brothers going into this match and not Jurassic Express because it's like, yeah, well, you know, like Jurassic Express just had the loss right before they announced the cage zip. So I was like, yeah, does that make more sense to put them back in the cage? And I was like, yeah, you know, Lucha Brothers, they, they have great matches every week, but I don't know if I'm really feeling them. None of that felt relevant at all as soon as the match actually started. Um, or sorry, not even before we started, the entrances. The entrance was amazing for the yeah. um, the Lucha Brothers. Although the dancers were a little bit lazy with their Ciro Miedo hands, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, that was a bit strange. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what to make of that. But I, I did really like the entrance, and I, it was kind of obvious they were going to win off that entrance. So, yeah. I mean, it was so big. It was like, well, they're not going to lose now, are they? Come the on. the headpieces were great. Yeah. The the rappers were great. Uh, the Orange Cassidy dancers, maybe not necessarily. <laughs> but, they uh, just spun around a bit or something. Zero. Do something. They're just Zero. slightly Zero. moving their hand back and forth <laughs> like they're scratching a vinyl disc or something. I don't know what they're doing. Um... Ah, great entrance though. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, it was it, I, and I thought that would be like the best part of the pre-match uh, arrangements until I saw Nick Jackson's facial hair. Oh my god! Oh my god! Vile. That hairdresser should be sent to court. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was perfect. He was channeling. Fucking seventies Billy Graham. He was channeling NWO Hogan. Ah, it looked, looked like it looked like he had Cheeto mouth. <laughs> like he just he, he just held the packet up to his mouth and tilted it. Oh, what a moon! 
I mean, it was great, <laughs> but what a buffoon. I love the Young Bucks and, to an extent, Kenny Omega, but more so the Young Bucks. I love their wacky facial hair and the gear. They look like such idiots, and that's what is so great about it. It's, mm. it's perfect dork heels who are, who are really good wrestlers, but their personality is just the shits. And their style is so bad. Oh, it's tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. Then, and then uh, they started wrestling in the cage and it got even better. Yeah, then the match started and it was just... It was kind of everything you'd want out of these two in a match, but also everything out of the cage. Stip. Yeah. Get Phoenix bouncing off the cage, doing every mental thing you can think of. We got blood from all the... I think pretty much everyone in, in, in the match. They brought the... Cutler, in one clean shot, to his credit, flung a, a, a loaded boot into the ring with the thumbtacks. Um, yeah. You had classic ripped mask, bloody Pentagon, which is always such a great visual. It is. It looks so fucking cool. Really, the, the drama of the near falls, and from that point on, were just crazy. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, too, too, <clears throat> too many crazy spots to mention, really. We could sit here and just recap them for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the boot with the tacks was a really great touch to bring that back in this yeah. setting really worked um you had destroyers off the top phoenix obviously with the big jump off the top ultimately which which looked great the super kick mexican standoff oh yes yeah, like the good the bad and the ugly but with kicks this was great yeah it was great and uh, yeah and as, as was you know appropriate given the big hubbub they made about the stip they, you know, everyone was kept out. The four wrestlers were kept in, and the young bucks were without assistance. Were then, you know, dethroned, which was the right call, I think. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. no no cold spray through the cage, like I was so certain they would do. Yeah, I was so Cutler, happy to be wrong. Cutler early on also had a camera around his neck. I thought they were going to do a flash blinding uh, ah, yeah, yeah. thing. Oh. Again, I, I think I was too. I think I think I was in the WWE mindset for that. Yeah, we were too cynical. We were too cynical. But uh, yeah, no, they 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 played it sensible, and they had uh, pop, probably end up being one of the best matches of the year. I'd say is a, is a fair guess. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, the we'll see we'll see what's next for the the Lucha Brothers. So uh, oh wait wait, wait 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 before we continue, sorry we we forgot to mention the the post match of the Moxley Kojima. Oh yes, how how could I possibly the first that? big surprise of the night, uh, and it was really quite tremendous. Um, yeah, so Kaze ni Nare hit, and out came Minoru Suzuki in his in his finest trackies, um, <laughs> and uh, they had a they had a a, 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 sta- a stare down. Moxley had gotten cut during the match, so they traded elbows, and Suzuki was immediately covered in blood, which is just a great visual. And uh, uh, hit him with the the gotch pile driver, I believe, didn't he? He did um, to to end the segment. It was uh, very very similar to the New Japan. Uh, yeah, instance. yeah, it was very similar, except um, obviously the the bloody visual of, of of Suzuki. But also, how good were Moxley's facials when Suzuki was when his oh, music yeah. was playing, but he hadn't come out yet. Oh. oh. it was was vince mcmahon level of stone cold coming out it was great Uh, 
speaking of Stone Cold coming out, uh, I, I, I have to imagine what happened physically at the booth was, was Excalibur slapped JR as he was <laughs> about to speak over the crowd, scream, you know, 16,000 people screaming, Kazeni Nare. Because yeah. um, he was like, ah. Went dinner once with uh, New Japan <laughs> management. We have, uh, quite, they had a, 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 a um, I believe it was a what do you call it? Um, uh, you know, it's a little pastry dish. Um, uh, not quite to my taste, but you know, the, the, uh, he was waffling on and on. Explain eyes. sushi um, to me. And and <laughs> there's there's a throwback reference. Um, so. Yeah, he he very nearly st- stepped all over it, but was shushed the last second. Yeah, thank uh, God. And, and to jump ahead again quickly, unfortunately, Excalibur wasn't there to shush him on uh, Dynamite when he gave Brian Danielson the "it's Christian" treatment. I don't know if you guys <laughs> caught that when he came out. I, I I didn't, but I'll give him a pass because I thought on the pay per view he actually was very good when he when was Brian Danielson came out. So I'll, I'll give him that much, you know. Brian um, Danielson. Um, that was it. But yeah, so uh, that then led us to the uh, 21 woman casino battle royale. I think there was some chopping and changing to this because of uh, at the Rampage taping, Sky Blue had a good showing, so they stuck her into this match. So it was Sky Blue, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, The Bunny, Abaddon, Anna Jay. Kira Hogan, Kylan King, Diamante, Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, Penelope Ford, Riho, Jamie Hater, Big Swole, Tay Conti, Red Velvet, Layla Hirsch, Jade Cargill, Rebel, and the Joker who came out at 21 with the licensed song and all. It's the former Ruby Riot, now Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of those, one of those perfect things where that was everyone's guess and they just delivered exactly on the guest, the, the most logical and best, you know, reveal it could have been. Yeah. Um, and and had her win um, uh, as well. Uh, song is great. I, I, I was going to say, like, CM Punk only had yeah. the best new song for like two weeks. Yeah. He's been out there. Yeah. But no, let's get, we'll get to Brian Danielson's later. Don't worry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I love, I, I sing it every time she comes out now. Yeah, I so have, it was, it's in my head. It's in my head. I, I do confess that I didn't realize that was an original song yeah, um, until later. It. I'd never heard of it before. Uh, I just thought it was like a really good. I was like, "Wow, this is the best wrestling theme I've ever heard." Why is it so good? And it was only later I realized. I think it was Meltzer was talking about it being an original song. I was like, "Oh, okay, makes sense." Yeah, I, I I had no idea of that either. We're all we're all philistines here, but um, I I still don't really know how I feel about the casino battle royale concept. I, I'm just kind of like, just do a Royal Rumble. Just do a Royal Rumble. I don't care. When when they when they do the big reveal, it's like, coming up next, the diamonds. And everyone and you have to, there's like a pause of absolute death silence for, for yeah. five seconds while you wait for some music to hit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's some workshopping to do on it because it is like, to, to use a, an allegory here, um, I was listening to an interview with Noel Gallagher uh, recently enough. And he said one of the things he hated about working with Liam in Oasis is when they would perform live, rather than, you know, you hit the first drum of the song, people recognize the song and go, ah! and then you say, this one's whatever, and they mm. play it. 
Liam would just say the name of the song and you wouldn't get the put you go, this one's called Wonderwall. And then they'd go into it and you wouldn't get the pop of recognition from the song. Um and that's the problem with it's it's the diamonds, and then like what does that mean? And then they have to wait to see who comes out and they all kind of run out at once and yeah. So I think there's some workshopping to be done there in relation to you know just, what it means for the crowd reaction to do it this way, or it, if there's slightly different ways they could do it while retaining the same general idea. I don't know. Yeah, I like the idea of the Joker mm-hmm. being like a guaranteed surprise. Um, now the fact that that always comes at the end kind of means that everything that happens up until then is a bit, you know, not pointless, mm-hmm. but a bit like war gamesy. <laughs> the first right. twenty minutes, yeah, of you're, the waiting. Games, like, you're waiting. Yeah. Um. But one thing I like that they've done, I think Ruby might be, is she the first casino winner since uh, Cage? Hmm. Uh, Yeah, the previous one was Leo Rush, who obviously didn't win. Um, Yeah, Seidel. um, Yeah, Seidel, yeah. Um, Yeah, you're right. Well, that was casino ladder match, obviously not a battle royal, but same kind of job. Same same thing, yeah. Um, In terms of the actual match, I thought it started a bit ropey. they had some real, uh, they had some real dregs out early. Um, yeah, like I'm looking, I'm just looking at the the, the entry order here. Like, I I, I have never seen uh, Sky Blue before. I heard she got a great reception. It was a dark match. It wasn't even a, a rampage match. Yeah, oh, I didn't think she was. The, I I'm not going to judge her and say, <laughs> oh, she's shit based on the the two minutes she was in this battle royal. But she was out early, and then Abaddon was out early, and Kylan King. And you know, uh, uh, you know, a couple of other people, and it was just kind of like, yeah, this is you know. But then, that you know, being, second half. Yeah. That being said, Rebel had my maybe my favorite elimination in a battle royal since that one Evil Uno elimination, where she somehow ended up doing a splits on the bottom rope, and got kicked out, ass over tea kettle to <laughs> steal a phrase, um, and I laughed very very hard. Um, yeah, so she was out uh, fairly. Where was she out? She was. I don't know, in the middle. Anyway, she's out somewhere in the middle. But yeah, uh, so they uh, no no. Once they got a couple of names in there in the second half, and I thought it picked up quite a lot. Uh, and I thought the action was solid for the second half of it. And then uh, Ruby got a huge reaction, which was good, of course. Uh, and then they did a, a great final two, where it was her and Thunder Rosa. Um, who I who I guessed would have been the the the, the front runners to win this uh, had a nice little back and forth and then Ruby won which was great. She hugged Bryce Remsburg, which is a nice moment. Hey Bryce, yeah, she was clearly I, it's, it was one of many, but people coming out and just losing their shit, being incredibly happy, mm. <laughs> almost breaking character with how so happy they were to be there. Um, which makes a change of pace from their WWE run, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we then got the uh, career on the line match for Jericho, where he uh, finally got his win over MJF. Uh, I thought this was okay um, for the most part. Uh, I thought I thought MJF put in a really good performance as he as he basically always does. Yeah. Uh, Jericho was there for most of it. This was not one of those performances where you're kind of left going, oh my fucking God, this fucking guy, oh my God. Uh, it was not one of those. They yeah. had a good match. Um, the finish was uh, uh, Wardlow ran down. Um, uh, MJF got to use Floyd 
Uh, and then I think he, did he hit a Judas effect as well after after using Floyd? Yeah, he did. Um, Jake Hager ran down to stop Wardlow. Uh, second referee came down to break up that fight. Jericho was pinned with his foot on the ropes. Career over. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Uh, and then the second referee, who was breaking up the, the MMA battle between the other two outside the ring. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. His, his little footsie is on the rope there. Uh, so they did the dusty finish. They reversed it. Crowd went crazy. They they did another like 40, 50 seconds of action, which the crowd, like that, the, those near falls there in, in the uh, restarted match, the crowd were molten again. After being, I thought, you know, so-so during the match itself, they were, you know, they weren't dead, but they weren't they weren't red hot for it. Um, uh, and uh, Jericho won with a submission, which they did go absolutely mental for. Uh, I, I understand they had the justification of the second ref out there to break up the fight. I I just I hate picking and choosing when you do the thing where the, a referee can say, "Oh no no no, he cheated actually," so go back and do that again. I don't like when you when you set that pre- especially in a company like AEW where setting precedence is supposed to mean something and you're not just yeah d- throwing shit at a wall for a whim. So I was uh, I was pretty I was pretty grumpy about that and I I you know I still thought Jericho winning was the right result because he's you know he's lost three times and I don't want to hear him on commentary. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I just never like that finish ever ever ever. Uh, I'm more willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because at least there was some like thought put into it where we'll have the the rundown we'll have hager rundown the ref will be there so at least there's there's a logical reason why the ref is in the area to give the call yeah um so look and again aw don't do it too often so willing to give them the benefit of the doubt um but you know at the same time you can only give the benefit of the doubt so many times that's it becomes an issue but Look, I, I can at least appreciate that there was a, like an ounce of thought put into it, rather yeah, than yeah. not Just to that. harp on the other side, but ref comes down in one match and says, hey, this is what happened. Like, Why is this happening and not elsewhere? Or why is Tony Khan comes out and says, restart the match? Like, you know, to me, it's at, it's at least one step in the right direction in terms of everything being logical and making sense. Joe, you're the tiebreaker. How do you feel? Quick. Yeah, like I said earlier, I don't like the refs looking stupid. I didn't mind it so much this this time, um, but when the referees are too involved, yeah, it feels a bit hokey. So that was my only problem, and it wasn't really necessary. I mean, I don't mind a, a sort of dusty finish, but was it really necessary in this match? Like, I guess it gives it no. It was a bit of a cheap, a bit of a cheap yeah. pop. Yeah, I think you could have. You, you didn't need it, so I would have got rid of it. But yeah, it was fine. It was fine. The match was yeah. alright. The best part was the, was the entrance, obviously, of uh, MJF. Uh, <laughs> With the game. Jer- Jericho's not so much because he had the guy on guitar and no one could understand. Oh, what, my God. No one could understand what notes he was playing, so they had no idea when to sing along. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the, yeah, MJF's was hilarious. When the crowd when you, when you the crowd realized and they went, ooh, it was perfection. Perfection. <laughs> Apparently, the guitar sounded better in the st- in the stadium than it did on some, TV. Yeah, some people I know who were there said that. They said it was great. Um, which... It was all scratchy and feedbacky on the on the live feed, unfortunately. Yeah, it, and it sounded like the crowd were horribly out of sync, and it just it just didn't work. 
Uh, but yeah, but to be fair, and usually when you're there live, people do also say no, it was shit live as well. Like that's usually, <laughs> usually the, the wrestling music performances are bad. So I'll take that at face value that it was it was better. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and we're we're obviously. Um, I feel like we're amping a little bit more up and up towards the Wardlow split. Um, mm-hmm. uh, now, which we, we might get to for, for Dynamite in a second. So then we had the uh, uh, the big return of one Chick Magnet Punk defeating Darby <laughs> Allen by pinfall. Um, he finally did the It's Clobbering Time. What a worker, saving it for the, the big return match, <laughs> uh, which was great. Um, from talking to people before this match, I'd kind of slowly but surely been won around to the idea that Punk might lose just to uh, give him a bit of an angle, give him a bit of an edge to start things off. Yeah, we talked about that last week. That's a good um, idea. But this felt like one of those things that that afterwards, now looking back in hindsight, it's kind of like, you know, they went with the simplest and easiest and most straightforward thing, which is sometimes the most yeah. the, the best thing to do. My my big sticking point, even though I came around to it before the show that you know a derby winning wouldn't be terrible. My thing is, it was like Chicago. I was like, you can't do that in Chicago. They especially AEW. They made this big fucking point the last six months to to go so hard pro people in their hometown, and uh, that continued on on Dynamite. This yeah, this exact week, it's kind of like. Um, and Punk is the ultimate person who's associated with their hometown. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought that was the right call. The match I thought was really good. Um, uh, yeah. It was a very interesting style of match. And I do feel like it's a lot of these people who've jumped and a lot of the new talent coming into AEW. I'm really interested to see people like Punk coming in and having like a wrestler's wrestling match, to use the most cliche term. Because um, he definitely had a different kind of, you know, semi-made event than AEW typically has. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot more methodical, and I don't mm. mean that as a euphemism for slow. I for mean, shit, yeah, me- it was just methodic- methodical in a good way. And yeah, like you say, much more of a kind of wrestlers match. Uh, Darby doing a lot of lot of good work uh, to really sell it, and I think Punk Punk knowing kind of what he needs to do to to please the crowd, to please the viewers without doing a dive without mm. having to do a Canadian destroyer off of the fucking balcony or the or the ramp or whatever, you know, knowing what he needs to do and doing it. Um and I thought it was very good. I'm still getting used to the long tights so that's gonna take a while. I'm ah nice. we discussed last week what would he wear and we it did, turned out yeah. it was these mad tights. <laughs> Which I, I, I don't I don't think I dislike them but what would it was a shock. It was a shock to see them. Um, I think what struck it yeah. actually. What, I like the tights. I'm not sure I like the boots with the tights. He's got the boots are really big, chunky, and he's got mm. the the kick pad on the front, so yeah. they look very strange with the tights. I think people wearing proper wrestling boots, like it might look, it would look better. It's kind of a you know, I guess a Bret Hart late Macho Man kind of look. So I quite like that. Yeah, uh, the tights themselves are quite plain as well. There's yeah. maybe not enough going on on them to. Um. To work, but also his 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 very specific physique he has, and he he looked good. But I don't know if the the elongation of the legs, the effect that tights give, made him look a bit strange. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. Ah, uh, he but he looked good. Um, as far as the match, I I'm kind of I think it was overall very good. So I'll get that out of the way first. But I'm kind of in right. two minds about how I feel about certain aspects of it, where. 
Uh, I don't want to quite not give Punk the credit that I I think he does deserve for coming back after seven years off and having a very good match. Uh, so I don't want to say like Darby carried him to a good match because I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also felt that like for the first half of it, Punk wrestled it like I would expect uh, Matt Cardona to wrestle doing his I'm a WWE guy gimmick. Yeah, yeah. There was a li- maybe a little too much of the uh, oh, back to the old abdominal stretch here for for a minute. A little bit too much of that maybe early on, mm. but uh, when when it got into the second half and into the final stretch, I thought it was very very good. There was some very good um, reversals and manipulations into specific like go to sleep positions and stuff like that. And that was the, maybe the aspect of the match I liked the most, as opposed to the 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 fast pace or the kind of the high flying, hard hitting Darby Allen style. I liked when it was a bit more technical, like Darby would, you know, go for a springboard over the top and Simple would kind of catch him on the shoulders and they'd mm. fight from there. That stuff was all great. Um, and overall, I thought the match was very, very good. And obviously, the crowd was super into it. Um, and being his first match back, you have to give again the benefit of the doubt. I didn't necessarily yeah. expect he was going to come out and have have a, a Darby, I don't know, Darby Cody level match or anything. And I think... It was a very good kind of first dip of the toe back into the pool. But now I'm interested to see where he goes from here. What his second match is going to look like. What his third, fourth, fifth match is going to look like. Okay. So there you go. That's uh, match one. Many more still to come. <laughs> um, so that then brought us to the, the other semi-main event, which was uh, Paul White defeating uh, QT Marshall. Yeah. Uh, this was kind of, I think, again, we also discussed what this would be last week. This, I think this fell on the good side of what you want, which was just he came out, chopped him. QT got like one attempt to get a little bit of heat on him for like 30 seconds and then Big Show pinned him. Uh, or sorry, excuse me, uh, no more BS Paul White. Um, <laughs> get the uh, name right, brother. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. I, 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 I kind of, I think it's perfectly fine to have a guy like Paul White around do a novelty match once a quarter, just to say, just to stick him on a poster and say you're doing it. But yeah. on the night in question, I kind of looked at it and I was like, eh, you know, eh. did uh, did you even really get much novelty out of it in the in, in the grand scheme of things? Like you know, mm. uh, um, I think he's a good analyst to have, but uh, this this match would probably do me until all out next year. I would probably. I, I would <laughs> That's enough. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I kept doing the we... slap things way too many times. Shh. <laughs> it wasn't even that loud. It's shh. Oh, okay, yeah. We got it the first two times, I think, Paul. So <laughs> again, again. Yeah. But at least it was three minutes, <laughs> half as long as we suggested. So that's that's a bonus. Where was the Billy Gunn follow up? Why have we not. Heard any more about the Gun Club and their saving that not on, on YouTube? Saving that for Arthur Ashe, mate. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I was I was um kind of uncomfortable watching watching Big Show move. Um his he's got like the opposite of the Matt Hardy legs where his knees kind of go in a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, I don't like watching this lad bouncing around the ring. Something bad's gonna happen here. He... He he just looks uncomfortable in the ring because of the kind of wear and tear on his body over the years. Yeah, match was as good as as it was going to be, mm. um, but yeah, I would hopefully see uh, Big Show kind of say, "Look, I don't need to be in the ring anymore. It doesn't really do me any benefit physically, 
Um, the match wasn't great. Like Big Show has strengths that he can use elsewhere. He doesn't need to be in the ring. Um, because I don't want to see one of his knees go inside out or anything like that, or his or his bum explode. <laughs> well, it depends what he's been eating. To be honest, oh, no. stay off the stay off the spicy Mexican food. Yeah, Paul. those those burri- those burritos from from SmackDown back in the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know. His 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 legs look like they've been through the wars, and I don't want to see anything bad happen to him. So I want to stay safe and use his use his skills in in a more you know comfortable way. And that led us to the main event, which was the rematch between Christian and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega retaining the AEW World Championship in. Uh, what I thought was a, I was this was probably the surprise of the night for me, and that it actually under delivered. Still pretty good, mm-hmm. but I thought, well, the rampage match was tremendous. They'll go a level above for this match, and I think they tried to. I certainly don't think they held back, but I think it just did not click the same way the rampage match did. Again, the rampage yeah. one had the benefit of being opening match on the first show on the new show in a city where they had a hot crowd. It was there for a hot main event. It was all very new, 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 on nice and early, very short one-hour television broadcast, whereas this one, I thought this was the best AEW pay-per-view probably ever, and it was certainly the breeziest since I think the pandemic started, but it was still four hours. You know what I mean? It was still, it was still um, you know, 5 a.m. Before, before you were logging off to go to bed um, uh, for this one. Um, so I felt like they, I think they just suffered, uh, in that regard, but I thought they, I thought the match was still really, really good. I don't know that I thought it was delivered really. Um, I think it suffered maybe by virtue of being happening so soon again after the rampage match. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if the rampage match never happened and we got this exact same match, we maybe would have been happier with it. I thought it was really good. Um, absolutely overshadowed by what happened afterwards. Like, yes, I don't think yeah. anyone who went like any rewatches of this entire segment probably did not include any of the actual match, which is a shame. Mm. But I thought they both worked hard. Some really cool spots in there, especially the finish. Um, but it's, it was all about the post match, really. Yes, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, uh, Kenny Omega. I think he he, he won with the super one winged angel, which yeah. I love like doing that to like redeem your one loss do you know what i mean really exactly. fucking killing. also at absolutely terrifying spot i mean two incredible pro wrestlers so you i like god obviously it's not like i'm like oh they're gonna they're little they're little shindy freaks they're gonna fuck this up like but even still it was hard in your mouth and stuff christian looked like he got the shit kicked out of him in that match i mean he, <laughs> they did the the spear off the apron where it looked like the leg of the table hit him yeah, in his kidney right on the end of the um so he did take a bit of a battering. So he certainly put in a shift. But um, I think it, 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 but we we talked a lot before we even knew Punk was officially there. That, that that kind of felt like it was Christian's role, kind of what you were saying there, Paul. It kind of was to just be forgotten. It was it was a it was a place filler uh, main events to literally set up this this angle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the buzz, as I think we mentioned last week, was that Brian Danielson was going to show up. The mm-hmm. elite were were hot dogging and showboating after the match, and uh, the lights went out. I thought Kenny Omega was great here, by the way. Can I just say? Yes. I I, I know people, some people don't like him. Some people don't like the gimmick. I thought the promo was fantastic. He was so whiny and so <laughs> like, best in the world this, best in the world that. Are you starting to understand Chicago? <laughs> it's like, it was great. I love. I really loved it. The people who would beat me are already retired, 
already not here or already dead. <laughs> yes, that was a good line. I also, even though it was incredibly lame, I can't say I didn't think it was funny when he did the, the crazy article. table spot and they went, did I do that? <laughs> and then, you idiots, you fucking idiots. But it was incredibly funny. I can't say it wasn't. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, he, he was great and I haven't had a lot of time for Kenny. And I, we'll get to we'll get to Kenny versus Cole on on Rampage in terms of you know potential elite leaders. But yeah, so they did that. The lights went out. It was not Sabu. Um, and this I again, this is one of those things where you just look back at it and go, it was perfect. Everyone could have fantasy booked it ten different ways, and and you you can look back and think uh, it was that Adam Cole comes out with a great new theme. Um, yeah. The theme literally says Adam Cole yeah. Bebe in it, which is all, which is what it should say. It's what you need. It's what you need. It's the same lad, apparently, by the way, who did the NXT music, which is really funny. Ah, um, every, everyone's defecting left, right, and center. Um, <laughs> uh, so he came out. The crowd went ape because, like, it was a, it was like a swerve, but it was also a, a legitimate hot free agent. Yeah. Um, and. It's funny to me that, uh, like me and a lot, I don't, I don't even think we discussed the prospect of Adam Cole showing up last week, did we? No, I, mean, I don't think no. we. Be, and, but I, I think I, I tweeted this as well. It's like, in hindsight, of course he'd show up. Like, how often do you get a main eventer, even though it's just NXT, but he's still a main eventer, who was on their TV last week or two weeks ago and could be on your TV this week? That doesn't come along no. uh, uh, very often. They're either they either have a non compete or they don't have a non compete and they're not anyone worth featuring so yeah, the yeah. the stars aligning for a guy of his stature to appear on all out you they, they couldn't they couldn't not do that yeah. so he came out everyone goes mental the elites are doing all their big oh no shocked faces adam cole gets into the ring with his tight tight little jeans um uh, and he super kicks jungle boy in the head who was there uh, to make the save yeah, for christian yeah, yeah. and they all they all do a big wacky group hug <laughs> oh! big cackle oh, and they 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 give Kiss him the, the, and... the young bucks give him the double Paul Heyman Ryback. Um, <laughs> and Adam, Adam Cole looked like he may have made that noise when he when he got the big kiss. Um, and and they all they all uh, 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 relished their 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 crapulence um, for uh, another <laughs> another few seconds. Let me just say tried... let me just say on Adam Cole the one one uh, really clever point that I think they made. And one uh, that the other company made. Uh, as far as the stars aligning, going for this to happen, uh, we can't discount WWE pushing the stars into that line by their idea that you'll be uh, Keith Lee's manager on the main roster. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is the main event. <laughs> that is the main roster. Um, Idiots. Yeah, that was... Idiot that, people. That was... That was pretty crazy because I, I assumed when I heard all that stuff about he was meeting Vince and blah blah blah, blah and they desperately wanted to keep him, and they were gonna they were negotiating with him to go on the main roster. I thought the negotiations were if I if I'm in the room and I'm trying to keep Adam Cole, I'm basically saying like you know we're not going to change anything. You're just going to be on the main roster and you're still going to be Adam Cole and we've got big plans for you. You're going to be US mm-hmm. champion at least, and we'll work up from there. And then when that story came out, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, and it's perfectly believable because the example they used was Leo Rush, who was also an incredible wrestler. And they also, but because he's little, they didn't have yeah. anything for him to do other than be a manager. So, uh, Look, anyway. we, know, we know you might be leading that way because your, your girlfriend works there. 
You love your Twitch. Mm. But what if you are Keith Lee's <laughs> manager? I'm going to call you as a surname. Is yeah. That, is oh, that, yes. That, yeah. That, you're shaking your head. You're shaking your head. Adam. <laughs> you're walking away, Adam. What's happening? Adam. Adam. Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to go and meet Keith Lee and talk it through? No, no Adam. The CWC is uh, the other way, Adam. Adam. <laughs> 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 but the uh, thing they did very cleverly, I thought, was that uh, he came out the heel entrance. Yes, which is very clever. And, yeah, uh, I was only afterwards that I that I go, yeah. oh, they, mm, there's a clue. There was a clue there. There was lore. There was lore right. right in front of you. I, th- yeah. I haven't seen a lot of Adam Cole because um, I, you know, I never watched Ring of Honor or PWG, and haven't been watching NXT the last couple of years, so I've not seen that much of him. Whenever I've seen him, I thought he looked really good, but. I thought he was fantastic here. Like the, the facials in particular after he kicks Jungle Boy and he does a yeah. little smirk. Like, oh, 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 I did yeah. it. I did it. He's, he's very that. He's got, he's, yeah, very good performance from him. Yeah. Also, Britt hit his finish earlier on the show. Yes. Ah, yes. We, we yeah. Forget. So actually, that's, I do remember the match. That's the, uh, yeah, yeah. So you remember loads, actually. Um, that's, I think they're really, because he, he's a great talker. He's got, he's, he's a great pres- at, 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 at exuding that character. I was actually just talking to a friend mm-hmm. of mine about this last night. I think for me, and I loved him in PWG without sounding, without doing the whole fucking indie snob thing. For me, the real test of do I actually like Adam Cole still is just going to be when the matches start. Because I thought the, to me, the, and even when I was still watching NXT, like when he was doing the, the Gargano matches and the, to me, it's just like, it's just like, I, I got to get on my cornet horse here and say, it's just too much. All the matches are just so mm. fucking. And I, I think a bit of that was also the NXT presentation. It was Morrow screaming. It was fucking, it was the direction. It was the constant shock. You're looking into the camera with your shock face. Oh my God, he got out of my move. Ah! It was all of that stuff. I, I, yeah. I needed all all that stuff was at eleven. I needed it to be at a seven. Do you know what I mean? Like I. Yeah. So the real test to me is because I, I, he's facing Frankie Kazarian next week. They're not going to go out and have some fucking mental seven star kick out of a million moves match. So I'm just looking forward to seeing what. Just go on TV and have a good match with a good wrestler and just do that. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to see. Uh, and he, I mean, look, he, he does some things that just irritate me anyway. But I still think he's a great wrestler. Um, I, I just couldn't believe when he was in NXT. I hope he, I hope he ditches it. But like when his finisher was like the, the shining wizard to the back of the head, and he does the big exaggerated knee slap right in front of the camera every single time, because the camera's looking at your leg because you're doing a leg finisher, man. So stop hitting it. What are you doing? Um. Anyway, that then led to the save being made by one Brian Danielson, who came out to. A trap remix of Flight of the Valkyries for some reason. Which when they released this song online, it has it has the you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in chant, which nice. is a lovely touch. Um to show that he really is in a nerd promotion now. Um <laughs> But yeah, he, he he looked great, he looked happy, he had his Brian Danielson smirk on his face. They posted that that all elite he Daniel Brian Danielson's all elite graphic and he had a stupid look in his face. I was like, Hell yeah, he's back. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was great. He ran down. He made the save. The crowd went mental. The JR had the great call, and yeah, raised the hands of the baby faces, and and that was that. Phenomenal ending. It was phenomenal. I was a little bit when Adam Cole came out. I wasn't disappointed because you know Adam Cole's good, but I was thinking, I know, I was thinking, 
Oh, does that mean Brian's not coming? They got me. Yeah, they, they got, got, they got, oh, they got me too. Yeah, yeah. They got yeah. me. And so I was a bit like, oh, this is, this is good. And then he comes out. Yeah! So he looked, he looked great. He looked great. Yeah, it was it was definitely uh, the Nintendo sixty four kid. <laughs> it was absolutely that. It was tremendous. It was it was it w- it was like Christmas morning. You got Suzuki. You got Ruby. You got Adam. You got Brian. All at once. Uh, what do I play with first? <laughs> you know, I think best tremendous. best ending to a pay per view since Survivor Series ninety eight Deadly Games, uh, in my opinion. Wow. <laughs> Poor McFoley. Yeah, it was good. I think it turned it because it overall for me, like the match quality, obviously really good throughout. But I don't know if it was like an all-time great pay-per-view in terms of the matches because you only really had one real standout great match. Um, but then the ending just kind of elevated it to to one of the great pay-per-views. I think. Yes. Good shit. Yeah, I went to bed feeling like, ooh, that was worth paying for and staying up for. So I felt happy across the board. Those are those are the two, only two ratings that matter at the end of the day. Uh, uh, us Europeans, obviously, with the additional caveat of the time, I I did not, I did not regret staying up one bit. Um, mm. So there you go. Um, yeah, tremendous, absolutely, absolutely one of the best pay per views. I've actually I've been meaning to go back and watch it, but I've been busy with other stuff, which we'll talk about in life, Guff. Um, but I, I I do want to go back and at least watch the cage match. I want to watch the cage match back. I kind of want to rewatch the main event and get a feel for it, kind of because as well as crowd tiredness, it was also four a.m. here, so um, it was. Yeah, uh, so we'll move on then to uh, uh, Dynamite and Rampage. I think the most notable thing to me on uh, uh, Dynamite was probably the Cole segment. Um, uh, came out. Confronted Tony Schiavone, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, um, very much. You know, just not not to if he's going to be a heel, he should you know be a heel and not leave that little thread hanging, which I thought was very. You trying to fuck my girl? Basically, he should have just said that. He, he, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll get away with one fuck in there. In there. In <laughs> he should have given him. He should have like he doesn't. I don't see Schiavone get beaten up right. And I don't know what Schiavone's uh, health status is. I know he's. He's a, an older gentleman. He's not necessarily elderly, but like I would have liked Cole to give him like a slap at least. It wouldn't shock me if at some point they do. I because they did they did just do the thing with QT a few weeks ago where his son got roughed up. So maybe they were kind of like yeah. let's not let's not you know go to that well too often too close. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I I I think they will do something like that. I think that's that's a very Adam Cole young bucks fucking heal PWG act thing to do. I could I could see that happening. But he, like, he just a visual he hit hard enough for his like glasses to come flying off. <laughs> all right. All right, settle down. You're getting too into it now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um but they uh they vamoosed him out of the ring and then Adam Cole did his big uh, triumphant uh, arrival promo and this this was where I was kind of like as much as we enjoyed Kenny at the pay-per-view, I was like I would much rather this fella was the leader of the group doing all the promos and being the guy who's central to the whole uh, elite thing. I mean, I'd say we'll get there eventually. Yeah, my, my thing is you have we win. I still think Hangman's winning the title. He has to beat Omega. Omega, that's the story. But once Omega loses, then I think you could maybe do the thing where Cole wants to oust mm. Omega for, for losing. I just prefer Omega as a babyface anyway. I just, you know. Yeah. yeah it, it feels very forced every time he does the heel thing. 
Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think it will get there maybe in a year, year and a half. I can see that happening. Um, Brian Danielson came out and he, I can't remember what he said, but you know, he, he, he vamoosed the heels again. Um, it kind of seems like Brian and Cole is the, the opening gambit for those two uh, in terms of big matches. Um, that would be good. I think that would be a good start. I wonder, I wonder where they will do that is, is the question. Um, and I'm also wondering actually for Punk, I don't know what's next for Punk in terms of, I assume that has to be on television, whatever his next match is. They can't, well, maybe they can wait till November, you know. I, I think they'll do it in a big dynamite, um, in between Arthur Ashe and, uh, Full Gear, yeah. Mm. I think they'll do it at some point then. But that was a great segment as well. <laughs> Probably Punk is just so casual. We might as well be wearing like a, you know, dr- dressing gown or something. <laughs> like it's just like, hey, how's everybody doing? How about that main event? And, do you want to see me wrestle? Oh, my and God. Taz. Taz is, oh, God. What a star. Taz. <laughs> what, what the fuck did you say? You called me out, bro. I didn't even say anything. You called me out, bro. You did. We on social media. We social media. Oh God! So, any of you folks from out of town here? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. What? What about it? Why? <laughs> oh, he's great. He's great. <sighs> Love God. it. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I guess it's a uh, punk getting the uh, the team Taz gauntless uh, in the. I especially love Taz like on commentary before he got the mic. I can't take any more of this. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Here. That was great. And I, I kind of had a had an inkling. I was like, is, is he just being surly, or is that leading to something? I guess it was leading to something. Yeah. So I guess I, I, I guess they'll uh, they'll work their way uh, towards. I guess Starks will be the end of the line for that. They'll 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 work mm. all the way up to Starks. Um, that would be. I can't really think of a better debut TV match for someone like Hook than to wrestle CM Punk. I mean, what? You're not <laughs> well, going to get too many people better. Maybe Hook's the end of the line. Maybe. Oh, end of the Hook on the end of the line. Oh, oh hello, hello, oh, hello, hello. Oh, um, it's like poetry. They rhyme. It rhymes. It rhymes. That'd be good. No, I think yeah, Hobbs and maybe Starks. So that's a good. That's a good little feud for Punk. Get his teeth into. Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was all uh, solid. Uh, was there too much else? Yeah, they had uh, Malachi Black and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I, I, I I thought that was pretty disappointing. Um, oh. Oh. It was it wasn't bad, but yeah, I, I, yeah. it's just kind of I kind of I I really like Dustin, you know. So I, I was like, yeah. this would be great. Every every like once I think once or twice a year, Malachi Black hits an absolutely terrible Black Mass kick. I think Dustin's too tall for it. I think that's what the I, problem was. I think that was it, and this was it. And I, again, I, I hold him in such high esteem. I kind of, I was kind of thinking, surely Dustin Rose is going to say, "We're not ending this match on that fucking thing. Let's let's do something else and fucking do that again." Um, but no, so that that took the wind out of my sails a little bit. But it was all, it was all right. You know, it was, who was it? Was it Cody? Who was, was it? Cody? Why am I repeating? My, I sound like a broken record. Um, was it Cody that he hit? Like I've I've seen him hit Black Mass on someone on their knees before. Surely he could have done that with Dustin Rhodes. Get him on his knees and hit him with the... Um, they maybe, announced... Maybe it was a dream, but I feel like I've seen that. I don't, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't recall. So who, who who would be tall enough to for that to be the, the thing? I don't um, But they did announce that the uh, the Cody rematch is at Arthur Ashe. What an anti-climax that was to just offhandedly announce it rather than doing it as like a segment or something. 
Yeah, you kind of would have thought like next week on Dynamite, Cody would come back in dramatic fashion. I'll do Don't a even... video. Do a video via satellite, live via satellite, Cody Rhodes on the set of the Go Big Go Home show. Um, <laughs> on on so, the set of Go yeah. No BS. Someone on a unicycle behind him or something. I don't know what I'm on that show. Um, but even, yeah, even like an bit... in-ring Shivani interview or something. To... A bit anticlimactic, but yeah. But it should be a great, great match. Uh, should be good, yeah. A good, good venue for that. I saw pictures of the US Open. Um, oh, yeah. The venue, and I was like, oh, baby, that's going to look great uh, for uh, for that show. Phenomenal. It's so steep, the uh, stadium, mm. for uh, compared to most of the arenas. Like... It's going to be yeah, hell of a hell of a shot behind them. You just have a wall of fans behind them. It's going to look absolutely great. Can't wait for that. Two weeks to go. So uh, yeah, so that's that's two weeks time. Uh, in terms of other newsworthy stuff from this show, I don't think there was uh, a whole lot. Uh, Main event there... was a bit of a fart. The, uh, yeah. Everything. Yeah, you know they they famously cut off Kazani Narei. Uh, the first, the first thing I saw when I opened my phone the next morning was people were still giving out about that. I hadn't even seen the show yet, um, which is annoying. And the crowd were very upset. That was if that was your first time seeing him, that you'd be raging. You would be raging. It didn't help that Moxie spent a minute wandering around in the crowd before the match and five minutes after the match wandering around in the crowd. Come yeah, on. yeah. You, you, and you get it like it's his hometown or whatever. But that, that you easily could have gotten it all in. Uh, you know, it seems like a couple of other segments, like the Cole and Daniels thing, went maybe a little bit long. But like, you could have, you could have fit it. That was just a bad call. Um, uh, yeah, and and then it was also it was just kind of a kind of it was like a house show version of the New Japan stuff. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was they, fine. It was fine. It, but it was, it was too okay. short. They went through the motions yeah. and it was short. Um, the other notable segment on the show, I suppose, was probably MJF uh, coming out. And uh, doing all his stuff about uh, Cincinnati. And then he started talking about Linda Pillman, who was in the, the front row, who was, of course, the uh, central figure in, in, in the Pillman documentary, uh, The Dark Side of the Ring, which was great. Really riding up the crowd, something fierce. Mm. Um, and that led to uh, Brian Pillman coming out. And then we got more Wardlow dissension. And that set up, um, uh, well, they had a backstage segment then that set up Rampage. So, yeah. I thought MGF was great on Dynamite. Yeah, he he was really good. Um, <laughs> really, yeah, cutting to the bone with those those promos. That was good. And then Brian Pillman comes out. And it's like, hey everybody, it's me, Brian Pillman. Okay, hello Brian. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to play the fired up baby face, but I don't think he's quite quite got it. But, um, yeah. No, that's one of my problems with it is the the sudden shoving in to, uh, with MJF of Brian Pillman Jr. feels a bit inorganic and just because mm. they're in Cincinnati. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then the match itself, not being in Cincinnati, feels a bit like it's going to be a bit dead. Um, mm. I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's organically risen to that level. So so as a result, he feels like a bit of a, a, bit of a geek in this spot. I think MJF will beat him handily. Yeah. Uh, that led us to not Dynamite, no, Rampage, it's called on Fridays. Oh, 10 o'clock on TNT, folks. Um, which had the much anticipated uh, Andrade El Idolo versus Puck. And they had a banger. 
Um, Andrade obviously heard all the bad feedback about. Yeah, he's a, people. People were slagging me off. I'll show them. Uh, and he had a tremendous match uh, with Pac. Just really great back and forth. Loads of action. Tons of tons of like re- like Andrade in particular. Like Pac is obviously great, but Andrade had a great match. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, yeah, I I love that. And then the finish. The finish was weird. You had uh, uh, Chavo get involved with a loaded iPad. I think the weapon is supposed to be. Uh, um. And then Andrade won. But I guess he didn't realize, and after the match, he punched out Chavo. So maybe that's done. We'll have to wait and see on, on Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Interesting finish. Wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah, very good match. Enjoyed it. Yeah, Andrade was doing fucking spinny jumps and... Oh, the split leg mental. Oh, Ten new moves I've never seen before. It was great. If anything, yeah, yeah. I think Pack seemed like a like Pack's great. Pack was just just the guy there for the Andrade show, wasn't he? I mean, I think that was his role. I think that was that was very much his uh, uh, his role. Um, the uh, the next match then was the uh, six woman tag uh, with uh, Riho Roby Roby Soho. I was about to say Ruby Soho, Chris Statlander versus. Uh, Britt Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter. I thought this was loads of fun. Um, I I thought it's great to see Rio back. I mean, I can't... Like, she's been in the US for months at this stage, and they've just kind of had her on dark. And I'm like, she's always good. Every time you do a Rio match, it's always good. Like, she genuinely, I think, is quite underrated. I thought she was great here. Jamie Hayter is fantastic. Um, uh, so I, I love seeing her mix, her, mix it up with those. Uh, yeah, really good, really good match. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. She's great selling, hater. She took that crossbody to the outside like a champ. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, that was a, a great spot. Uh, we also had a uh, video package of Danielson and Cole shit talking each other, which I thought was good. Um, not not too much noteworthy there, but I thought it was it was fine. Um, and the main event was Brian Pillman versus Max Caster. He's back. Returned from the from the depths. My lads, Uh, it claimed. It was a match, you know. I didn't love. I I didn't love it. That's kind of the thing about. That's the thing about Pillman Junior, especially in singles matches. It's like once the match rolls around, like yeah, you know, not bad or anything, but yeah, it's just it's well it's well known. Rampage is kind of the show where the secret is that. The, the first match is the actual main event. That's the that's the thing. They put the they put the heavy hitter on first, then they get a half hour. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was okay, and that was dynamite. Um, the old the old Saturday night's main event model. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are we looking forward to dark from the impact zone? I'd have to go and do a new photograph outside doing the Randy Orton pose. Yeah, I watched for fourteen hours or something. Yeah, something mental. Yeah, yeah. They like because like I was following the results and people posted like thirty results and like oh they're giving us a break and then they came back in and did thirty more. (laughs) I I assume it's like it is like an impact thing. I assume where they just they they have certain days and they're going to tape tape a month or something. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'll watch the first one at least and see if the if the different vibe is at least 
uh, ch- changes it up. You know, they spend the money on the on the licensed music. I'm saying Tony Khan. This is my my plea to Tony Khan. Now that he's well, go out and get Don West and Mike Tanay for commentary for these. I would love that. Don West, just get Don West. You don't need Mike Tanay. <laughs> well, um, Tanay's like 85 or something now, but like, yeah, you can do it remotely. Get Don West and Taz. You know, oh yeah, um, just to be two sides of, of, of you know of coin. Um, yeah. So uh, that was that, and I, I don't I don't think there's really too much to say about it. But of course, there was also the Triple H um, health update, oh. which it, it was just really bizarre. Like it was just so out of nowhere, and then there was the wording of it, which always which just kind of came off weird. If anyone has missed it, because it feels like the story has kind of been and gone. But uh, WWE put out a thing on. I think it was. Thursday, Thursday, saying that uh, Triple H was in hospital recovering from a cardiac event, which kind of sounds like kind of uh, let's try and word this <laughs> like one of their pay per views. Yeah, it's like well, let's word this in a way that sounds less terrible than heart attack. Uh, but again, I'm not a doctor, so it could be something less than that. Uh, but yeah, no, no real news on it other than he, you know, it seems like he's recovering. Um, but yeah, uh, so. There you go. Been a been an interesting week to say the least. Um, we will uh, move on though from wrestling. Jeez, uh, we, we got that was a, that was a fine, healthy portion of uh, of uh, wrestling golf. What about life though? That's the question that the people tune in to hear about life, and yeah. we guide them through life. So, Paul, how has your life been this week? Well, the the pay per view was a great start to birthday week. Yes, we... let me tell you. Oh. I'm 33 now, boys. Happy birthday. The, the big 3-3. Three, three. Um, had a lovely birthday. Lots of great presents. I'll show you some of what I got. Go on. can't show you them all because they're too heavy. But I will show you one. I got six of these. Six art books. You know I love an art book, guys. You know mm. I love an art book. Uh, these are from my beloved girlfriend, from the great Natty. But they're the art of uh, this is from Spirited Way, mm. the Studio Ghibli movie, and I got six Studio Ghibli uh, art books from the various uh, Miyazaki films, which I love. Lovely, love the films and the art books. Uh, the Spirited Very Away nice. one is the only one I've actually had the chance to look through yet. I've had a, I got, I got my my missus the uh, Totoro one. I've had a gawk at it. It's, it's I have one. it. It's I have the good. Totoro one. Because we have um, we have a Totoro uh, painting print on our wall that mm. we got like five years ago. We still have on the wall to this day. We love. Um, so they were they were wonderful. Obviously, the Xbox Natty contributed to that. That was kind of officially now you can play it. Yeah, well, I I did. I ironically didn't play it on my birthday, but um, you ungrateful little shit. I know, bastard. Um. What else? Got football jersey. Um, I'll show that to you in a second as well. Or maybe I'll, I'll, I won't waste time on the podcast. I'll show that to you after afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, the main event, we uh, we went out to uh, the cinema mm. and to Five Guys Burgers and Fries in uh, the new Five Guys in Liffey Valley Shopping Center. Um, so first of all, great thing about the Five Guys there is because it's in a big commercial shopping center rather than 
uh, on the side of the street like it is in Dublin city centre. They have a big old outdoors eating area. Mm. Um, so we all could have eaten in. We all had our IDs and our uh, vaccination gimmicks and all that. But mm-hmm. saw this big eat outdoor area. It was like covered with a um, gazebo and you could go in and, and we said, all right, go in and go eat outside. Uh, we'll admit, boys, because it was the birthday, we had two burgery booze. And a load of chips, and it was, ooh, and and I refilled the coke as well. And this is all before oh, the yeah. cinema. This is all before the cinema. Oh. But luckily, we kind of planned to give ourselves like an hour and a half to eat in case there was like we didn't know what the queue situation was going to be or anything like that. Uh, no queue. We pretty much went straight in, got the food. So we spent an hour kind of wandering around the shopping center, golden discs and Easons, and that. It didn't actually end up buying anything, but just to kind of wander around. And then we went to the cinema to see Song Chi, and. The Legend of the Ten Rings and the cinema going experience, I think, was pretty good. There wasn't, I didn't notice people like talking or anything. There was one lady in front who had like had the phone out every two minutes. No, but you know, they at least had the brightness turned all the way down. So, could have well, given that, I guess, could have been worse, could have been worse. Um, but uh, no, all in all, a very good birthday was had. I got some uh, scratch cards, won a few bit of money on them. Oh, lovely. Uh, got some lotto tickets, didn't win any money on them. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not millionaire, boys. Um, but a very good birthday was had. And then the birthday week, like I said, started the, the week great with a, a good pay-per-view. Finished the week great with the return of old Ronnie to the uh, Manchester United setup, scored a couple of goals. Uh, it was a very happy day watching that. Joe, did you enjoy that as much as me? I did. I did. I was, did uh... Were you streaming it? Oh, baby, I was on my streaming bullshit. Don't say it out loud. Come and get me, Premier League. I don't give a fuck. M- must be, must be the most illegally streamed match in football history, I would well, think. Why? Why illegally stream? Why? It wasn't. Why it, it wasn't on TV in the UK. The why? return of yeah. no, it wasn't televised. It was a three nice? Saturday kickoff. They're there's not allowed. A, yeah, there's a blackout at three o'clock on a Saturday. It can't be televised, so it doesn't affect attendance at the games. Um. So yeah, I was watching it. I actually found a, some very good streams that were being live streamed directly on Twitter. So none um, of this cl- clicking through to some dodgy porn spam website. Right. It was just well, I was doing it anyway during the match. But yeah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> usually do. Um, yeah, so just, people just live streaming it directly on Twitter, which was fantastic. Um, <laughs> perfect quality as well. And I got to hear hear a bit of uh, Richard Keys and Andy Gray, which I haven't heard in a good Oh, no, movie. from Qatar. <laughs> Making all their sexist comments in Qatar or whatever. Well, Ronaldo's a <laughs> poof, these women get out of it love um yeah so it was uh very enjoyable uh yeah and, and the peak the peak viewership on the stream was a hundred thousand people on this one Fucking stream hell, this watching. random twitter stream that was one twitter stream so there were probably at least a few so i, I, I would have thought at least half a million to a million people uh, watching it on there Twitter. Um, yeah, it's a good good match. I mean, it wasn't a great match. We were a bit shit, to be honest. We won 4 1, but the uh, performance was a bit lacking. Yeah, we were shit, but Newcastle's defence was even shitter, thankfully. Yeah, luckily we have the um, skills of Ronaldo and Jay Lings. And, yeah, yeah. I, was re- I was really hoping that, you know, his Ronaldo's return, first of all, that would he would get a goal. That was my first hope. Actually, my first hope we'd win the game. Second hope, Ronaldo would get a goal. 
Uh, but I was kind of hoping that his first goal back after uh, 12 years away would be a nice, you know, get the ball edge of the box, step over, beat the defender, mm. whip it in, you know, far post, as opposed to, uh, you know, Greenwood takes a, an abysmal shot from the edge of the box. There's like a nick on it. The keeper scoops it into Ronaldo's path, a foot out from the front of the open goal. Yeah. Stick it away. But hey, they all count the same. So I was pleased as punch. He did the he did the big celebration he does, which I you know, to, to speak plainly, I am not a fan of his <laughs> celebration he does. Um ever since he's been at Madrid, ever since he's been at Juventus, I've always yeah. I've always looked at, upon that celebration with scorn uh, and distaste. <laughs> and I just, you know, generally I just don't think it's a very good celebration. But let me tell you, Joe, I was doing that celebration myself in the living room. Yep, yep. Yep. I was giving it the uh, the twirly finger and the big jump and the arms out straight about my side, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was it was great to kind of relive the old days. A bit surreal when he first came out. I still kind of couldn't. I still can't really believe it, but it was great. Um, watched some other games uh, this week. We of course we got the the match on TV over here. It was on Premier mm-hmm. Sports, which is an Irish. Uh, sports TV station that comes with the Sky Sports bundle over here, which allows them to uh, to air that. Uh, <laughs> funnily enough, okay, it allows them to air a three PM Saturday kickoff. Nine times out of ten, it's a Crystal Palace game for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know why. So they <laughs> on the station they have this running joke that it's nearly always a Crystal Palace game. Okay. Um, funnily enough, this time I I expected that they would have. Um, the City Leicester game because that seemed like the the best game of the three pm mm. kickoffs. But this was this was actually arranged before even the Ronaldo signing. It just so happened to be the Man United Newcastle game, right. presumably because the Man United f- fandom in Ireland is much higher than any yeah. other team. It'll usually be a United Liverpool game if they're on at three pm. Yeah, but we had it on TV HD on the TV. It was great. Um, Bruno's goal, of course, the best of the bunch. That got me out of me out of my seat as well. Um, watched the Liverpool game today. Uh, Harvey Elliott got a bad injury in that one. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Uh, broken leg by the look of it. Uh, yeah. Off a fairly innocuous looking tackle, to be fair, it didn't look like a, mm-hmm. that bad a tackle. Referee gave him a red card anyway, presumably based on the severity of the in- injury. We didn't actually get to see uh, replays of it, but even from the initial, like I went back to look at the initial tackle, didn't look like a red card to me. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, very bad for Elliott. He he had a really strong start to the season. He was really, really playing well. So that's a big loss for Liverpool. Um, Mane, my God. I think he had something like 11 shots before he scored. It was crazy. (laughs) He he could not score. And then he scored injury time, finally, at the end. Uh, Chelsea looked good as well. I watched the Chelsea game. Lukaku with two goals. He's on my fancy team, so I was very happy about Mm. that. Uh, And I watched the Spurs game as well. Spurs were absolutely abysmal. Um, Even before Tanganga got sent off, Palace were well on their way to winning that one. They're a good value for their win. Uh, and Arsenal finally scored a goal. Uh, four games in. They beat Lowly Norwich, their biggest uh, rival in the league. Um, a a, a six-pointer this early in the season. At the bottom of the league. But yeah, good weekend of football. Very much enjoyed all the games I watched. Uh, all four games I watched so far this weekend. Nice. And uh, we have Burnley Everton tomorrow, which... Ooh, Probably will give a miss. I don't know if I'm that that interested in Burnley Everton, but definitely after uh, no international football because I ain't watching those Ireland games. It was nice to get the Premier League back and uh, watch yeah. as many games as I did. 
uh, that's all that happened in my life. And while you guys are doing your life guff, I will show you that jersey I got. So Joe will be all impressed at me. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, and then I've us. and then I have one more bit life guff, but I'll get to it at the end. Go on, Joe. Right. You 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 life one, one quick bit of life guff from me. So um, I did a bit of a lovely homemade meal this this past Friday, um, mm -hmm. inspired by. Um, the delicious, uh, I'll call Chinese Irish cuisine that I've heard about over the years uh, via the Churchill podcast, such as the the old Raphael Varan T-shirt. Uh, it's it's quite a, our, our audio listeners can't tell, but it's a very nice. It's a very, very nice, nice, very nice uh, wake up. Um, yeah, the, I, I'm sure listeners will may have picked up on it. I've heard some very delicious um, uh, Irish Chinese treats, such as the the spice bag. Uh, the three in one, I believe it is, mm, which is chips, mm, chips and rice. Culture, um, culture, culture. It's yeah, the culture. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. culture. Well, so when Michelle and I were in Manchester uh, a couple of months ago, and we went to a Chinese place called uh, Salt and Pepper, which very much the kind of same vein as the spice, yeah. bag, the, the the three in one. So, it's, but it's basically chicken and chips, but with some Chinese spice. <laughs> if Just, yeah. if I'm being honest, yeah, it's not necessarily authentic Beijing kind of cuisine. It's you know it's chicken and chips with <laughs> onions and spices, but absolutely you know delicious. So I we we've been really kind of craving it, but I don't know anywhere sort of around London that does does that kind of stuff. So we decided to do a homemade one. Uh, so some lovely oven chips, um, fried up, stir fried some peppers and onions. Uh, created my own little spice mix, bit of garlic salt in there, you know, lovely stuff. Bit of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paprika, all of that. Uh, bunged the chips in with the old peppers and onions. Little bit of the crispy chicken and some uh, shredded beef on top of that as well. So I had a lovely, lovely, uh, lovely homemade spice bag. And I have to say it was very tasty, even though I prepared and cooked it myself. It was, it was very, very good. So we'll definitely be uh, bringing that one back. Uh, and I look forward to one day, you know, visiting Ireland and having a, an authentic one. Uh, Getting the real there. deal. Getting the kind of real deal. So it's, it's very, very tasty. Yeah, that was, uh, that was probably the highlight of the week. The lovely, uh, lovely bit of food on a Friday. Lovely. A little bit, a bit of a culinary uh, update there um, uh, on the old life golf. Uh, I, uh, I did venture out of this country during the <gasps> week. What? For the first time since, I mean, by the most like literal definition, like since the beginning of the pandemic, because I was actually just talking earlier today about how like my last Germany trip was literally, you know, people not making it because their airports were shutting down, their jobs were telling them you may not leave the country and all this other stuff. Um, so, yeah, I went over to a little place called England um, for a wedding, which was quite a lovely wedding uh, as well in Liverpool. Um, and I have to say it was, so it was our first time traveling. So it was obviously our first time in Dublin airport, which is of course a horrible experience anyway. Uh, just a very shitty airport. It's not small, which is usually what people think of when they think of a, of a shitty airport. No, it's big. There's just nothing there, baby. Absolutely shag all terrible food and drink options and nowhere to sit. And just, it's a pain. Uh, so we go there, uh, the, the travel, you know, in hindsight, I, I think I, we probably could have tra uh, arranged different travel. The wedding was on Thursday. So we got an early morning Wednesday flight so that we could get in the day before, settle ourselves, go out, yeah. go around Liverpool, lots of stuff. So uh, my, 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 my long-suffering girlfriend, she did, uh, we basically finished work on Tuesday evening. 
drove up to Dublin, got a hotel, parked the car, got up at 3 a.m. because Ryanair were texting us nonstop saying, oh, Dublin's fucked. You have to get to the airport early to get through security. Mm. So got a couple, like, you know, got a, two or three hours of sleep, went to the airport for, for 4 a.m. or whatever we were there for. And you are just like, it's, I don't know what way they were trying to organize it, uh, but the queue for security was not, you know, distanced or anything near what you would want it to be we again this is our first time traveling since this all started so it was not a pleasant experience the anxiety was up you know it was just horrible on top of additional just general travel anxiety um we were there early and there was nowhere to sit and it was fucking annoying blah 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 eventually anyway we land in england good old blighty uh in uh, john lennon uh, airport there in liverpool got into the city and it was just kind of like you won't believe this paul this will shock you but it's just like they're just walking around just going into shops no masks they don't do anything it's it is like going back in time it is honestly like going back in time my first thought was was just in in my best peter k voice i was like remember covid what were all (laughs) that about what oh it's just um so we had the the stress of the fucking travel, and then we got the, and then it was just like the the confusing, like because we were fucking starving. We dropped our our uh, we got we got to our hotel at nine o'clock in the morning. Check in wasn't until three p.m. Oh, what is that about? Why? What is that trend by the way? Because that's becoming so common. So we dropped our bags off. We were like, can you ring us if the room is ready beforehand? It was not ready beforehand. Um, so we had to potter around uh, Liverpool for a while. We went to Greg's, and it, yeah, it was just kind of like. We were like, do we put these on? Like we, I we put our masks on to go to Greg's, and there was an old fella looked at us like we had ten heads for having a mask on. I was like, oh, <laughs> take it off. We're the weird ones if we have it on. Like, it was just, it was, it was so bizarre. It was, it was, it was really, really weird. Um, uh, so we we eventually kind of got into the 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 rhythm of that. So it's effectively um and I I kind of picked this up based on like the ads and stuff that they have around. It's it's basically kind of there are no kind of rules but there's kind of lots of ads pushing like hey, you know, be considerate I guess is the message. It's really weird. It's kind of like we're not going to tell you not to stand there but hey, come on guys. Come on. Can we, you know, that that seems to be the vibe of the ads. Um, and it seems like a, there's like a shop per shop basis. Some, so we kind of perused around like the, all the high streets and Liverpool one and stuff. And some shops actually had a sign on the door saying, put your mask on. And then you'd go literally next door and depending on who runs it, they wouldn't have that. Um, so that was, that was, a, a that was quite a lot to, to take on. Um, but other than other, once we got into the groove of that, I mean, it was, it was great. I say all this to say within a few hours, we're like, well, this is great. This is fucking great. Cause it, it, it feels somewhat normal. Um, and uh, we, yeah, you know, we, we had some fun. We also uh, uh, went to Five Guys to, to kill time. And I also made sure to get that refill of that Coke. Because here, listen, they're, they're, that, that base price, that is more than the price of one Coke. So I'm getting my money's worth. Oh, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't care if I have to drink it leaving and walking up the street. Like, I, I will fill it a second time. Yeah, I might um, I might go back with like sandwich bags in me pockets and just fill them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so and and the, the 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 trip other than that was was you know it was it was lovely. We we uh, went to, we played some mini golf. We uh, um, uh, went to uh, some lovely eateries. We went to a, a, a shitty karaoke bar. Um, 
the wedding itself was lovely. It was kind of in the in the shadow of Anfield. It was very very near Anfield. The, the, the couple had actually inquired to get it in Anfield, but that there was some date conflict. They couldn't do that. Um, and some then, football game, probably some <laughs> something happening. This is also like their third or fourth rescheduling. I'm fairly sure. Oh, um, what with just everything the way it was. Um, uh, but yeah, no, the wedding was absolutely lovely. It was really, really great. It was nice to, to, again, there was that little bit of normalcy. You know, you got in the suit, you went on a little trip, you had your drinks, you said hello to everyone. It was, it was really great. Um, yeah, and it was, uh, it was nice. It was nice. And I feel like it was a nice little primer for um, the rest of our year here in Ireland. Because obviously we were about, about a month, about a month and a week away from our own date of of kind of okay there are, date no, of freedom. there are almost no more rules anymore um uh, over here um 22nd i believe that is i i was i was excited to kind of just go with the flow and, and get moving on on life but uh yeah well i guess we'll probably we'll definitely be talking about that more as the as the weeks tick on but yeah lovely trip love liverpool great city lovely folks uh good eats good good eating town um if anyone uh is looking for a place to wine and dine. That was my that was my life off for the week. Yeah, it was a European uh, capital of culture for a while, wasn't it? I Europe? believe so. Yeah. Ago, yeah. All right, let's talk about some music, folks, because the Donda, while not well received, kicked off my my music listening again. I listened to two albums this week. Go on. Uh, I'll start with the bigger of the two. I need, well, I say it's big. I need to look up the name of it again. Uh, Certified Lover Boy by Drake. Mm. So okay. I, don't you, I don't know if you guys have checked uh, Drake's latest out. No. No, no. Um, I, I, like, I wouldn't call myself a massive fan of modern hip-hop, but then I, I thought that Polo G Hall of Fame album earlier this year was really good, really listenable. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm big into the you know, Frank Fields that Barry shared with me back in 2018, 19, mm. whatever that was. So I'm not a big fan, but there's there's definitely stuff stuff that can kind of filter through and and kind of I can connect with and, and really enjoy. Um, Drake, not one of them, I'm afraid. I absolutely hated this album. <laughs> uh, I thought it was awful. Really? Um, I'm just well. Let me rephrase that. I I just. It's not my thing. I didn't. I didn't like it at all. To say it's awful is maybe a bit harsh. Um, someone who's more aligned with this kind of music maybe would really enjoy it, which I know is a cop out, and I hate when people say that in reviews. Well, someone else might enjoy it. Is that? I. I thought. <laughs> I thought it was awful. I. I couldn't listen to it. And a worrying trend uh, along uh, the never-ending Donda. Do you know how long Drake's new album is? I heard it was also very, very long. Hour twenty five. That's good. Like, and and Drake doesn't even pretend he has anything to say like Kanye. Like that's just <laughs> ridiculous. Lads, forty five and no longer required, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I I really didn't like it at all. I I couldn't even pick out a song I liked from it. To be honest. Uh, very, very bad. Would would never listen again. Uh, and then I also listened to uh, an album called Back in Love City by The Vaccines, who are, mm. a, I think, an English uh, indie rock band who have been around for the last decade, more or less, kind of post the big indie boom of the, mm. uh, of the mid-2000s. Um, so what I'll say about this album is 
if <laughs> the way I describe it, this is going to sound very bad. So I will preface this by saying that I, I I kind of liked the album. I was kind of more or less in the middle of it, maybe a thumbs to the side. But it sounded as if um, Kaiser Chiefs, right? Their last few albums haven't really been so successful. So they're listening to like Imagine Dragons, a very successful band, mm. saying, right, let's ape off their style very directly. Uh, and so it's it's the it's the uh, Imagine Dragons inspired Kaiser Chiefs album the world's been waiting for. Um, now, to be fair, musically, it is mostly good. It's mostly there, even though I couldn't shake that kind of cynical feeling of this is an album that feels like it's trying very hard to be a very successful album by very closely, let's just say, ripping off styles from other more successful groups. Um, but I, I musically, I thought it was there. The thing I couldn't get it past, and this contradicts something I said about Donda, which is uh, that the lyrics, man, are just so bad. Yeah. That it, it would turn me off listening to it. And I, I've said when it comes to like rap or hip-hop that generally speaking, I don't put as much emphasis on the lyrics if I can kind of, you know, um, get along with the music. Whereas here, the the lyrics are like nails on a chalkboard bad. It, it, the lyrics at points come off as being so on the nose that it's almost like novelty. Like the, the lyrics aren't written to be funny, but at times it does sound like an Electric Six album. Uh, that's weird. It's a weird pop Yeah. So let me give you an example. There's a song called Heartland on the album, which is a song about America, right? And how, how they like America, right? Oh, is it actually that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the song, no, the song isn't about evoking, you know, the feelings that America gives them or memories they had. A romance, maybe, or you know, a time America. No, the the song very literally lists things about America they like. So let me give you a little right. excerpt here. Um, this is the chorus, right? Still remember falling in love with you, America. Hamburger, Adventureland, America. <laughs> I'm not giving up my love for you, America. Favorite bands and Spider Man, America. The first verse then goes thusly: Man on the moon, milkshake and fries, dogs that can surf, warm apple pies. <laughs> So that's the kind of song you're listening to. We didn't start the fire. And there's one bit of it which I particularly didn't like, which was, still remember falling in love with you, America. Bart and Lisa, pizza slice, America. Wait, wait. Pizza slice, America. I'm not giving up my love for you, America. King size Coke with lots of ice, America. Hell yeah, absolutely. King size. Um so there's there's lots of songs that have problems like that. So, you know, I would be somewhere in the middle of it. If the lyrics were a bit more cleverly written and less obvious, it would kind of work better. Because musically, like I say, some of the songs musically are very interesting and are kind of earworms. But then the lyrics will start and you'll be like, oh, God, I don't like the rhyming scheme. I don't like the lyrics used. I don't like any of the actual uh, composition of the lyrics, whereas the composition of songs are pretty good. So somewhere in the middle on that. But Drake, I would avoid like the plague. So that's your music of. They're both new, new twenty twenty one releases. Uh, they both came out in the last month, so they're brand okay. new. Um, let me segue to something that I would recommend. Go uh, on. We Natty and myself watched a new TV show this week, The White Lotus. Okay. Uh, HBO show, which I previewed last week, despite knowing almost nothing about. 
and uh, it is it is on Now TV. So if you're that way inclined, you can check it out. It, I watched it via the Sky Go app because obviously, I think it's on Sky Atlantic as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, let me tell you guys, this is top tier TV. Mm. Uh, this is not on Letterboxd for whatever reason, because I know miniseries and stuff often appear on Letterboxd. I don't put them on Letterboxd myself. That's just a personal thing. But this one is not on Letterboxd. But let me tell you guys, this one would be getting the old 10 out of 10 were I rating in such a way. Okay. Uh, excellent S tier. Pretty much flawless TV. Uh, it's six episodes long only, so it's very short. It is a HBO show, directed and written by Mike White, who you might know as the writer of the fantastic Linklater film School of Rock, starring Jack Black. Mm. Uh, it is a... I don't want to spoil it, because it's definitely a show that, like all the best things, go in as blind as you can to it. But I'll say that it's uh, the opening scene of the show is a man in an airport sitting waiting to boarding his board his flight and another couple just kind of start up idle conversation with him oh you're you're coming from that uh resort in uh hawaii okay oh that resort where where that person uh died where's your wife and then he gets all grumpy with them tells him to fuck off and gets up and looks out the window and sees uh a dead body being loaded onto the plane and then it flashes back to like the week before, the week of the. Re- so the, okay. the show is like the week on this resort and everything that happened. And so there's an element of mystery to it. Um, but it's like wickedly funny. All the performances are great. Steve Zahn, tremendous. Um, who else is in it? Like, star of the show, Jennifer Coolidge. Like, incredible award-winning good in it she's always good yeah um so i don't want to say too much about it. i won't say anything more than that only that i would give the highest of recommendations um every episode is like brilliant there's no mid run episode where it's like okay this one of the middle episodes no every episode is great every episode is tremendous it's very tense in kind of a a, a darkly comedic way mm. but um my god so so well written little crumbs for you to follow little red herrings here and there um oh my god what a show the white lotus okay that sounds good i forgot to mention the best thing about the show i never mentioned the literally the best thing about the show uh one of the all-time great soundtracks uh whoever the composer scores the music is like unlike anything you've heard elsewhere completely unique sounding uh, which only adds to like the tone feeling of it. It was tremendous. Uh, one of the best like new shows uh, that I've watched. I don't know of the last five ten years. Brilliant, brilliant. The White Lotus, okay. highest praise, highest praise going here. Yeah, um, and that's all I watched this week. We watched like the Drag Race finale, but you know, Drag Race. I've watched twenty four seasons of that at this stage. Well, yeah, really. Yeah. We are talking about, um, but White Lotus, my God, check it out! All right, I might, I might, I might add that to the list. So, um, uh, did you? Are you caught up on Rick and Morty? No, I haven't watched the last pair yet. Okay, I I just watched those earlier today. I think the second to last one is good. I think the last one is very good. 
Um, I think, and they are they are connected. They, it's yeah. it's, a, it's, it's like an hour hour long finale, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, very good. They usually do end on a really strong one, um, and I think they did here. Uh, yeah, so really satisfying conclusion. And I would definitely say it's kind of, it's kind of hard to rank the seasons because I haven't watched this most recent one or the one before a lot as much as I've watched the original like two to death. Um, but certainly a, a, a worthy entry uh, into say like you know in in the conversation for like the top three probably probably the third best right. uh, season. Really good, really really good. Uh, and as as some of the other episodes earlier in the season have done, uh, you know a, a little bit more uh, substantive. With the characters more so than the the hyucks, which there are still plenty of hyucks, right. but uh, but yeah, and uh, the the finale has tons of callbacks to stuff, not even from this season, but from elsewhere, which is really good. So uh, thumbs up, thumbs up on this season, Eric and Morty, uh, all in all. Uh, that is it, really. Yeah, we have not watched any other telly this week, so uh, we, yeah, just, we, we just we just go one. on. I got one, a quick one. I've started a documentary on Amazon Prime called uh, Lula Rich, which is about a multi-level marketing uh, company called LulaRoe, um, which I was familiar with because I'm a bit of a MLM pyramid scheme obsessive. Right. I, I think I spoke about a few weeks ago uh, when reviewing uh, Becoming a God in Central Florida, the, the Netflix uh, series. Um, but yeah, it's a four-part documentary all about this company that basically promises uh, housewives that they can become owners of their own business by buying overly priced leggings and selling them to other housewives in the Midwest of America. Um, And of course, it's a huge scam because they literally, (laughs) I think the numbers is something like 300,000 representatives, this company that they've, they've, you know, onboarded. And if you if you work out how many they, leggings they'd have to sell to make money, it, they'd literally have to sell five hundred to every person in America <laughs> to make a. It's just it's so obviously a scam. But the great part is they've actually got the people that set up the company and run it on the documentary, and they agreed to take part. I guess either because they wanted to defend themselves or they're just so oblivious to the scam that they're pulling that they think it's fine for them to go on a documentary. So that's the kind of really interesting part of it. Um, so it's good so far. It does have that slightly overproduced Netflix documentary feel to it, where they kind of have to cut away to archive footage every two minutes to explain the joke. Right. Or, you know, just sort of a bit unnecessary. But yeah, good good overall. So definitely worth worth checking out on Amazon. Uh, they're going to finish that tomorrow, probably. That was it. It's good. Alrighty. And uh, that is the Telegoff for the week. Uh, we will move on there to the movie Goff. Uh, I just watched one movie this week. It was on uh, Now TV. I watched Run, Hide, Fight, which is a kind of like a sort of like a exploitation-y kind of thriller. Uh, it's like a, it's sort of like die. It's kind of, it's, it's your kind of prototypical kind of die, aping diehard thing but in a school shooting se- uh, uh, scenario, um, which obviously, you know, it, I mean, the, the premise is a little bit tacky, but uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's definitely going for uh, a sort of genre film feel that, that is not super common anymore. It's the first movie of this type that I can recall in a very long time having like practical effects and squibs. Um, which that bumps a film up a star on Letterboxd automatically <laughs> uh, sure. when, you, when you do that. 
Um, it's it's solid. It starts off really well. So um, there's some like you know really nice tension building. Uh, obviously, it's it's a bit schlocky and it's a bit kind of. Uh, uh, there's like a, a, I'm struggling to think of the right. Schlocky is probably the best word. Um, like the, they they kick off the shooting by all the kids are in the cafeteria and the shooters drive a, a truck into it like they're Batman heist villains. Um, through the through the cafeteria, they crush someone, they shoot a few people, and then the lead kid, right, who is so Joker fight, right, he's so the Joker, right. He uh, he kind of, he looks around with his little evil smirk and he says. <laughs> trigger warning uh, uh like that oh, like he's wow. yeah yeah it's that it's that it's that what that's what it is right so it's so schlocky but there's like there is like a a, a decent kind of uh, uh uh tension building to it once once you kind of get through the tropiness of it uh uh and it's only about 90 minutes long but it somehow still feels too long cuz basically the there's there's a kind of cat and mouse kind of diehardy element to it in the first half. Then the second half it gets a little bit expositiony, and we're learning more about the characters, and it starts to slow down. And I'm like, oh, you had me. I was kind of into it, and then you lost me. Um, it's okay. It's okay if you want to watch some something that's um, um, again a little schlocky, a little a little lowbrow, but kind of still not terribly made. It's it's an okay watch. Uh, Fairly uh, cast, I, I I was a lot of young actors, obviously, but Thomas Jane is in it, uh, the Punisher actor, and he's right. been in a number of yeah. other things. Um, he basically plays kind of like a. a I thought he was going to be the guy who made the save. I won't spoil it, but uh, he he doesn't. But because uh, he's he's a grizzled army vet dad, so I was like, oh, he's definitely going to fucking he's going to shoot these he's going to bust in and shoot these punk kids, but he doesn't. Um, but yeah, it was alright. It's a uh, it's it's on streaming and it's on now TV. Um, it's not it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, but nothing else new. Uh, for me, I want to try and see *Malignant* tomorrow because of the uh, the buzz it's getting. But uh, I've not seen that yet. Uh, what did you see, boys? Well, when it comes to school shooting movies, I don't really want to see that many of them. To be honest, um, I think I've already seen the most affecting one, which was. Denis Villeneuve's uh, Polytechnique, which was yeah, even shorter. I think I think it was like seventy minutes long. But my god, that kind of, that movie will give you nightmares. Let me tell you. Um, I watched a much lighter film. I watched the 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 nine hundredth Marvel film. Ah yes, Shang Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm. Uh, the latest in the uh, never ending conveyor belt of. Slop Disney rollout to feed us hungry pigs. Um, tell you what, it was actually all right. It was actually all right. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, different enough from everything else. Like one of the criticisms of these Marvel movies, they're all fucking the same. Let me tell you, they all look the same. The dialogue always feels the same. The action always feels the same. Like take Black Widow, which I don't know if we've all seen, but certainly Barry saw. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, like the, the, the final action scene where they're coming through the sky, like that could be from literally any Marvel film. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Like if you if you ask me in 15 years, like, Paul, what was the action scene at the end of like uh, Captain America? I wouldn't be able to tell you. They're all interchangeable. They all blur together. 
This one, at least, you know, on one hand, you might say, well, it's a very cynical ploy to make money in China. But it honestly didn't feel like that watching it. It felt like, you know, they used the kind of Chinese uh, origins of the character to do different stuff in the film. So the film is definitely a much more martial arts influenced feel to the fight scenes. And the fight scenes um, oftentimes feel more like uh, dances than fights because they're so meticulously choreographed. Mm. And even like the film, I think, wants you to look at it almost as a dance. So those scenes are all great and all look great. The leads are very charismatic and have great chemistry. Uh, Aquafina in particular, I thought she was great in it. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Although I haven't seen her in other things. I've been told by other people who've, who've seen her in other things that she uh, she's a bit like Ryan Reynolds where she just does this one stick in everything she's in. Uh, but I thought I really enjoyed her. I thought she was very good in it. Um, and yeah, the action was good. The performances were good, etc., etc., and it felt different enough to warrant existing. Uh, that being said, it's a good half hour too long. Am I still here, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, Barry, you, you just hadn't moved for a minute. I thought you might have died. <laughs> I, was or... just, I was just listening intently. I'm not even going to answer. Um, so <laughs> it's a good half hour too long, and the uh, the final act does kind of descend into. CGI green screen mm. schlock as they tend to do. Uh, don't want to spoil anything, but the the I wrote in my letterboxd review. So if you're interested, find out what I'm going to say. You can go see it there. But that the <laughs> the last act reminded me too closely of another film franchise that it almost felt like a ripoff. Um, but overall, I would say thumb thumb just about up on it. Uh, I appreciate all the stuff it did differently for a, a franchise that has felt all too the same lately. Yeah. So. I wouldn't quite say go out of your way to watch it, but as far as those things go, it was a, yeah, a nice little surprise. It was pretty good. Uh, and also watched In the Heights, the uh, hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, musical. Uh, Joe, are you, have you seen this one yet or no? No, I haven't seen that yet. Because I want to say it's a kind of, like, I think Michelle would very much enjoy it. I know yeah. she's seen it. Maybe she's seen it. <laughs> Wait, has she seen it? No. It's because it's it's not only Lin Manuel Miranda. I know she's a big. Uh, oh no, she did say it. Yeah, she, she did see it. A friend right. of ours. Yeah, she's a big LMM fan. Um, and it's multi-level also very, marketing. hey, multi-level marketing. <laughs> oh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Sorry, LMM. Lin Manuel. Um, and it's obviously very kind of Latin based. Um, I thought it was very enjoyable. Uh, the songs were good. Performances were were good across the board. What I would say, in a general sense, though, is that it was it was it's very light and breezy as a film, almost to the point of it being a negative. Like there is n- no adversity, no, mm. um, you know, plot twist. It, it's all very straightforward. It's all very rose tinted and positive. Now that being said. I can't really be angry at a film that that has you know almost exclusively a positive message to send yeah. out, so I won't hold that against it too much. But you know, there's there's very little in the way of the challenge they have to overcome. You know, mm. it, it's 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 all very light and very fluffy, and they sing happy songs, and they're from the Dominican Republic, and it's mm. great. Um, but you know, it was it was very enjoyable. I would say though. Uh, like all films based on musicals, it's very long. So sit, buckle in. It's like two and a half hours, I think. 
give or take. Uh, maybe maybe slightly Marvel movie. Maybe slightly shorter, shorter than that, because I know that it does leave out some songs from the Broadway performance. Um, but no, generally, I thought it was quite good, if just a little too happy, I guess. A little too happy for me. How dare it? <laughs> no, I can't be angry at it for that. But like, I don't know. Like with uh, Hamilton, there's a bit more going on in Hamilton than there is in this one. Uh, speaking of uh, length, how, how long was shang uh, two twelve, I want to say. Yeah, like it could it could have been a really tight one hour forty five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and one one thing I would say that could have improved it as well is rather than casting a you know charismatic enough uh, Canadian Chinese I believe he is actor. Uh, if if they had cast an actual like martial artist like a, a Jackie Chan type. Uh, and I say that because there's a scene in the film that is directly ripped off from Rush Hour, where there's a fight on like scaffolding on the side of a building, which you might right. remember from Rush Hour when they did that. And Jackie Chan is like oh, on the outside of it and flipping between, you know, pole. oh, he's on the pole. Oh, no. Yeah. But like when you're watching Rush Hour or any Jackie Chan film, like, Police story, which is even better in Russia. Police story, Drunken Master, Rumble in the Bronx. Like it's 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 almost that Tom Cruise thing, where the appeal is this is a, a very impressive stunt, and I can see it's Jackie Chan doing it. <laughs> like that's the appeal of it. Is yeah, you know, when you're watching Sung Chi, you're like these are actors two feet off the ground. It's not even the actors; it's stuntmen doing this two feet off the ground. And most of the effects are actually CGI effects, not even the stuntman doing it. So it loses a lot of that appeal, you know? Um, so given that the film is so heavily entrenched in kind of martial arts, maybe they could have gone even a step further in that direction and and kind of use that to their advantage and say, okay, this is a martial arts film, but also you can see it's the actor doing it in real life and use that as kind of a marketing or promotional push to it. I think that would have enhanced the film as well. But that's not the Disney way. The Disney way is about doing things as cheaply as possible and making mm. money, as much money as possible. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. Nice. Uh, with that, we will jump into the game, Guff. Uh, Paul, did you watch the PlayStation Showcase? I didn't because I was watching Sung Shi at the time. No. This well, was on my birthday, this uh, showcase. I did watch individual trailers the following morning. Yeah, I'm sure you got the. Uh, I got the, the main ones. The gist of it. Sony's gotten better at these kind of things, but they, this one did have. They just aired like the full length. They they've uh, they shot a new very PlayStation-y ad where two ga- like like I guess they're supposed to be gang leaders are playing chess in their respective hideouts and what look like video game characters but they're real people are running through the streets and, and at the end a PlayStation graphic just comes up and they aired the full like 90 second cut of that uh, at the beginning of it so yeah you're probably better off to just watch the individual trailers um, but yeah um, that was pretty good you know excited for God of War um. Yeah, I don't know. Was there much? Uh, I didn't see much that would encourage buying a PS Five if you already own a PS Four Pro, though. What um, is that fair to say? So have they? I feel like there was some not a lack of clarity on God of War is coming to PS Four. Is that true? Correct. Yeah. The Kotor remake is also PS Four. I don't I know about that. 
I'm not certain about that, but even possibly. Well, KOTOR uh, is going to be a timed exclusive. So that's going to be a timed exclusive on, anyway, yeah. That'll end up on Xbox anyway, and I, got, I have one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I suppose you're probably right. I mean, there was... A Dude, lot I, think, of I, think, I think only Spider-Man 3, and that's coming out in 2023, three years into the console's life cycle. Which I listen, I'm excited. I'm excited for that game. The first two were tremendous. I will be there. I'll be playing at day one. That would probably be a take the day off work to play it game. Yes, because um, they are fabulous games. Insomniac are awesome. But are we still doing the fucking two years in advance of the release announcement? I mean, really, especially when Insomniac already had a thing on the show that they announced. I know, uh, and they just put out two games. The last six six months, they just put out two games. It's not like you know, p- people are like, "What are they doing? What are they up to?" Um, yeah, that was that was silly. But yeah, I, the Wolverine uh, thing, um, that and Spider Man, I would say, are probably the two. You will need a PS Five for these games, but there was no date even on Wolverine, so you know. Well, that that'll presumably be even later, twenty four, maybe. Yeah, again, like why why do that? <laughs> but um, yeah, I suppose that's probably fair. No. Uh, no, you must have the the next gen thing. Uh, no, must have, stuff. and no hollow, no holiday game really either. No, no, and I think yeah, I think that I think that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, um, it seems like their last big release of the year, not including third parties, will be will be Deathloop, um, which is out tomorrow, I believe, or the reviews are hitting tomorrow. I think it's out Tuesday. Yeah, um, they did. Sony came out in the week. And said that they were doing no more free upgrades, um, which I just think is so fucking stupid and and greedy. And then they announced that this thing, oh, the the two PS4 Uncharted games are coming out on PS5, which, like, great games, two great games, um, not given any indication as to what the difference is going to be other than 60 frames per second. I was like, so you're going to charge me fucking 80 quid to play these two fucking video games that I already own at a higher frame rate with no other changes to them? Like, what? Uh, I I just, I I don't know. Well, I mean, look, that's that seems like highway robbery to me, and that's, that is one where I, where I'm, my thing is just like, I'm not going to buy it and hate it, I'm going to just not buy it. That's definitely, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a bridge too far for me. Um, they're making but, some weird decisions these days, Sony, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, And then it's just kind of like, well, they, they have the runaway momentum, so it doesn't really matter. It's not like, you know, people yeah. are people are still stabbing each other in the street for a PS5. So, um, yeah. And when, and when the day comes, they are all going to want to play Spider-Man, so what difference does it make? Um, anyway, in terms of things we've been playing this week, uh, I've been off and about, and so I have not been playing very much at all. Uh, back to streaming this week, which I'm very much looking forward to. But uh, no, no games for me this week. What about yourself? Did we did we get a conclusion on 12 minutes? That's my first question. Yes, 12 minutes is, is done and dusted, Barry. So go on, hit me with it. Hit me with the take. All right. Well, I'll 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 preface this by saying this will contain spoilers for those who have not played 12 minutes, and quite a few of you listening have watched me play it anyway, so you know what. Um. Yeah. Total play time. Let me give you that first of all. Go on. Six hours 45. Okay. okay. So I, I just under what I heard most in the industry saying it was like seven, seven and a half. Yeah. That being said, I did have a bit of help with the people in the stream. Okay. Uh, specifically Shane. If you're listening, thanks for that, Shane. Um, 
where if I would get stuck, I'd use like a who wants to be a millionaire lifeline, say, right? Shane, <laughs> am I going the other direction here? What am I, what am I meant to be doing here? Um, but six hours, 45. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a flawed experience. There's There's some really interesting ideas. Not super well implemented, I would say, especially on console. I would, I would, I would not play it on console. I'd play it on PC, given the choice. Mm. Um, and let me tell you that ending, Barry. <laughs> let me tell you that ending. Yeah. I mean, um, I've seen, and I said this on stream. I've seen this kind of ending done a hundred times better in a movie that I, I don't want to name for fear of spoiling the movie not spoiling the game um but uh yeah the ending in which it's revealed that you are an amnesiac uh half brother of your wife seemed <laughs> like a stretch too far in terms of fair enough believability for a game where you're stuck in a time loop but it, it seemed really really dissatisfying when uh, a game based around finding out a thing is revealed to be like oh your your own memory isn't what is true like yeah it, it didn't stick the landing whatsoever i thought the ending was very dissatisfying um so thumbs down on that i mean the game itself is very is, is massively frustrating to play unfortunately the controls as i said last week the controls are absolute dog shit um and i found it even more frustrating that after the twist is revealed towards the end of the game the game then wants you to do an action that is completely unintuitive uh to actually end the game because i i was i had the twist revealed to me and i had mm. for all intents and purposes beaten the game and then i find myself back in the loop and i'm like right what am i supposed to do now and in the chat, they're like, oh, you have to go get the watch and look at the watch. And I'm like, why yeah. am I supposed to do this now? This doesn't make how, any sense. How would you intuit that? Absolutely. I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, and since, since we are just doing spoiler talk, the thing that pissed me off that I was that I was tiptoeing around last week was, uh, I don't know if you said this, but that your 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 sister wife is also pregnant. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's the thing early on in the game she reveals to you. And then I was like, oh, so can I walk up to her and say, I know you are pregnant? And the game was like, no, you can't just walk up and say it. It's like, why can I not just walk up and say it? What internal game logic reason is there for me to not be able to just say it? Um, yeah, I, I just, I, and the funny thing is, that it's just, it's just like that twist is, is obviously, it's really schlocky and terrible. I, I didn't really get the impression, like, you know, maybe we're just Philistines. I can't say I, I felt like there was a broader meaning to anything in the game either. It's not like, you know, I was yeah, trying to think. It doesn't it. have something like, to say. No. I was like, is, is this about like predestination or you just, you love the one you love or I was just like, it kind of seems like you just did it to just do it. And I, I, I was just, I agree. Oh, I agree. oh yeah. No. And like I say, like the, the twist itself, I don't think is necessarily the problem. Cause like I say, I've seen, albeit without the amnesia angle, I've mm. seen that twist done elsewhere in a very satisfying way, in a way that is like, give you a, a, a quite a, um, a, a visceral reaction, mm. you know, where it's a real stomach punch here. It was like, roll your eyes. Like, Oh, this shite. Okay. Um, only because I, I, at that point had spent 
five hours 45 as this character okay let's work this out let's prevent the guy from coming in the room that oh i'm just a guy who doesn't remember his own past it was me the whole time oh it, it felt very like twilight zoney in a bad way i guess yeah um and yeah like i said for a game that is is not that fun to play um, it, the, the success of it kind of hangs on the story more or less and I was engaged with the story most of the way through until certain wacky revelations became apparent <laughs> and then I was like okay so it's been kind of a waste of time um, yeah I mean I, I did like the loop no pun intended but the loop of kind of working out the machinations of what to do at what, what time to do, yeah. but some of them were a little too convoluted a little too weird um like go to the watch at the end like what no at no point in the game does it teach you that that's like it's not like a recurring motif that you do at the end of each loop or something that you like the, you naturally think okay that's what i have to do you would literally just have to try everything in the game and eventually that would be it and you'd be like oh the game's over now um Funnily, and I, I didn't think about this at the time, but I actually uninstalled it on stream as well. Quite, <laughs> quite, I didn't watch all the credits. I was like, nope, finished, uninstalled, goodbye. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I when I saw your review, your like spoiler-free review, before I, I started playing, I kind of said, ah, surely not. Surely it's not that bad. And then, you know, having played it, I guess I do kind of fall somewhere in like the four, four or five kind of mm. range. I think... I, I liked a lot about it, but there's just too many bad decisions ultimately made that affect the game for the worse. So, yeah, a bit of a disappointment. Uh, well, strong disappointment. 12 minutes. Um, what else? Oh, I played Halo ODST. Completed it. Lovely. Okay. So I'm four Halos in now. Um, I've got Halo Reach next, and then Halo 4, and then Halo 5 Guardians. So I've got three left of the seven that currently exist. I'm not going to play, like, Halo Wars or, you know, the, the real-time strategy games or the spin-offs like that. I'm only going to play kind of the core the core games. Uh, ODST is very different from Halo 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, yeah. Wildly different. Like, it was actually quite a nice pa- palate cleanser, quite a nice surprise. Because um, I like I knew going in, you're not Master Chief, etc., etc. But I still thought, you know, at its core, it's a Halo game. But really, it it almost feels more like like a Call of Duty in the sense that there's very apart from the enemies, which you could just replace with humans. Uh, there's very little like sci-fi to it. It's much more grounded than Halo. You're not globe trotting and or li- literally globe trotting and going to these fantastical worlds it all, pretty much all takes place in uh, New Mombasa the, the kind of capital city of the world I guess it is so you're going through like streets albeit kind of futuristic street settings but it, it, it's very like um, you know what, what you imagine a, a stylized I don't know Detroit or something might look or feel like yeah uh, and so, yeah, very surprising, but in, in a positive way. The gameplay is obviously very much Halo. It's just reused assets from Halo. But the way they implemented it to feel very different and feel very unique was was really impressive. Um, very short, obviously. Uh, it was initially uh, 
created as kind of a, a DLC for DLC Halo 3 thing. and yeah. then became its own thing uh, eventually. But um, yeah, very enjoyable. I own, like Obviously, having played the first three Halos, I, I very much enjoy the globetrotting aspect of it and the, the various enemies and adventures you go on as Master Chief. And while this told a very small, condensed story, um, I still quite, still quite enjoy, I enjoy that it was different. It's a bit like Sang Chi in that it wasn't what the established kind of franchise is. It was like a, a step to the right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they they can't all be the same game. Otherwise, you're going to get burned out on it very quickly. So I appreciate that it was different, and it was very fun. Um. So like I say, reach next. And then four, and then five guardians, and then I'll be ready in time for Halo Infinite in December. Uh, after I play Death Stranding, as promised. Yes, that's also uh, on the on the horizon. Yes, um, and then I also st- started streaming WWF No Mercy, as promised. Mm. Classic uh, with the uh, European Odyssey of Al Snow, which is the first story mode I'm doing. Al Snow's race to the uh, European Championship. Beautiful. Uh, and then the day after I streamed, he like saved a child from a rift. Yes, apparently. yeah, we forgot to talk about that. My goodness! So thumbs up to Al Snow. You've you've won the title and you saved uh, a child. Um, so I'm I'm going to do the Al Snow story mode until I've like hundred percented the European title story. When you get the kids, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll move on to like I don't know light heavyweight or something. But it's uh, it's very fun. I bumped the difficulty rating up a little bit. Um. Because it was a little too easy when I started playing it. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to make it interesting by, like, not just playing matches after matches, because that's ultimately what the game is. And I don't know how interesting that is. But I'm trying to set myself little goals of my own if the game doesn't do that for me, where I'm like, okay, let's try and win this match uh, by submission. Let's try and win this match by using a specific move. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll do stuff like no finisher. Like I'll, I'll try and put my own limitations out to make it more interesting. I'll change his like gear as well for each stream. So for next stream, he'll have a different look. Maybe I'll give him. Maybe he'll be bald. I'll shave his head. I don't know. But um, yeah, fun, fun. To set up the N sixty four on the uh, capture card. That's a nice clash. Was that yeah? The... Was that a pain? No, not at all. No, no. I have a HDMI adapter for it already, and it's just a case of plugging it in. Okay. Yeah. And it runs pretty perfectly. You can see it on the stream, the quality is very good. Um but it's nice to like I say, play it on the on the original hardware rather than emulating. It's a much more satisfying experience. Uh what's a much less satisfying experience was I also started playing Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Oh, that's on a weird the, one. The Nintendo Switch's uh NES library. Emulator thing, yeah. Uh my god, that game is so difficult. <laughs> I'm almost giving up on it already. It's not a super long game. I'm like maybe a fifth of the way through. But it's so hard. Um, it's like the enemies are so... You have such a small window to hit them before you get hit. It almost becomes like this... Like a rhythm game or like right. times like a bullet hell game. It's so unforgiving. And you don't have a huge amount of like health. So it's about balancing your health and your like magic that you can use to refill your health and kill the enemies as well. And because in NES game the controls are so limited, like if you come up against an enemy, let's say, who's blocking your path through the the dungeon or whatever, you can't like just jump over them. 
you have to fight them because there's no enough space and your jump mm. isn't high enough. You, you can unlock a higher jump, but that uses your magic power, which you need to refill your health so you don't die. So even with the rewind, it's incredibly difficult and not that fun to play. <laughs> so, I, you know, as a, as a huge, huge Zelda fan, I did want to kind of dip my toe in at least and say I've played it because I've never played it before. Um, and I did play the original one this year on the Switch and finished it. You know, I don't I don't have a huge fondness for NES games. I think they're just too old for me. And this one, uh I don't know if I'm gonna see it out, honestly. It's, it's yeah, it's that's a hell an undertaking. Of a thing. That's an undertaking. I, I don't know how you play it without the rewind feature, to be honest. You would nearly need to be a ninja or something. It's it's mad. Mad difficulty. Um but look, at least I've I, I can say I've tried it. And that's what matters. Maybe Take I'll give it another list. go, but I'm not a. I'm yeah. I'm not gonna kill myself trying to beat this game. Joe, or um, whoever played Doom, how's that going? Just, just yeah, still cracking away at Doom. Um, not too much to add, but it is <laughs> the next. The next world has um, just as many complicated jumps in it, and I, I realized what it's like. It's like Portal, but without the portal gun. Okay. <laughs> you jump, you're jumping from wall to wall, and then you're trying to shoot a door as you you jump and you rush. Right. Oh my god! I just want to shoot a demon. I want to yeah. <laughs> throw a grenade at something. I don't want to jump from these fucking walls. Don't anyway, worry, Joe. Yeah. You will shoot a demon. I'm pretty sure. I know. There's plenty of demons, but I, just, I could do without the wall jumping. But yeah, still, yeah, yeah having having fun with it. But... Tricky. Yeah, I mean that's maybe just an influence of other modern shooters. Like that's the big trend at the moment, and maybe Doom is better served, kind of staying in its lane and and giving the fans yeah. what they want rather than yeah trying to trying to ape off other other franchises. I think I think the uh, the recent run of uh, Wolfenstein games might might be mm-hmm. up your alley, Joe. I don't know if you played any of them. No, I didn't get uh, to them, but I, I will do. They're very, they're very kind of pretense-free. It is pretty much just there. You you can stealth a good portion of it, but you can also just say fuck it and just mm-hmm. run through. Um, well, a lot of people I know who who I because I and I think the story in the second one in particular is is tremendous. A lot of people I know just say they just like just put it on like easy and just yeah. you can just do, literally double fist shotguns and just run through those levels <laughs> like an absolute <laughs> psychopath, and it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's the uh, the Doom update. We all have some emails here, um, so we will uh, we will read those before we sign off for the week. Uh, I got one here uh, from Nick. I think we've had Nick before. I'm not certain if we have or we haven't. Um, Nick says, hi, gents. Love the show. Have you heard of a new show called Heels? It stars Stephen Amell from Arrow as the owner of a small town wrestling promotion in Georgia. It's very R-rated. The wrestling scenes are good. Uh, Amell can actually wrestle. And CM Punk was a recent guest star. I'm not sure what channel it is on your part of the world. I'm from down under. It's a bit soapy, but worth checking out. Uh, Thanks very much, Nick, for the email. I think i'm an episode behind but i have watched heels i did watch the cm punk episode um i think you've you, you've kind of nailed it there it it's it is r-rated it, it is kind of presenting itself as like a hbo style show but it is actually kind of more soapy it is a little bit melodramatic it's a little bit week to week there is a through line to, to, to things but there is a a kind of a a, a week to week kind of a, um, story. 
Um, I like it. I, I I don't love it, but I think it's I think it's worth watching uh, if you are curious and you are a wrestling fan. Um, I think like a lot like a lot of TV shows about wrestling and movies about wrestling, it gets it gets stuff kind of wrong. Is probably the, not the correct word. It's just they tweak stuff for the sake of their story uh, in a way that doesn't really bother me. But if you're anal about wrestling details, I can see certain things about it possibly annoying you. But um, right, Stephen Amell, Stephen Amell is really good in it. I think he I think he plays a great uh, surly, grizzled uh, kind of uh, slightly bitter, you know, indie promoter. Um, yeah, and Punk had a guest spot as like a, uh, um, a he said he modeled his character after Tracy some other, it's kind of an elder statesman touring indie legend who, who shows up every now and then to pop a house, you know, for a, <laughs> a, a, a struggling territory mm-hmm. and he's, his character's called Ricky Rabies which is a great name and his, his thing is that he has his wife fly a drone that's got like a, a raccoon skin on it and it shoots blood in his opponent's face, which is absolutely something that that's better than every other drone use I've seen in actual wrestling. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I, like I said, I'm behind on it. it. It's not kind of for me. It's not race to to watch it as soon as it's on online um, uh, thing. But I, I think it's I think it's enjoyable enough. I, I don't think it has distribution down here. Um, it's on Stars in the states. Their stuff tends to show up on Netflix a few months after it finishes, um, but. You, can, you heard this fucking internet thing? You can just go on and just watch it. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's what I'm doing. Uh, thank you very much, Nick, for your email. Greatly appreciated. Uh, uh, I also have an email from Nick. Uh, subject: Pick one. Um, he says, "Hi, gents. Please pick one. Uh, number one: The Rock. Number two: Stone Cold Steve Austin. Or number three: The Undertaker. Uh, I reckon one or two are pretty equal in the ring and on the mic." But Taker is best in the ring, on the mic, not really his character. Um, I think it's fair to say, Nick, yeah, Undertaker, not as <laughs> not on the level, uh, promo skill-wise, no. as uh, The Rock and Austin. In terms of the ring, I mean, he had that, what was it, probably seven, eight years of kind of MMA Undertaker, where obviously having fantastic matches. Um, overall, though, for me, I think if you go back, looking through Austin's entire career, I'd have to say better wrestler than Undertaker uh, on the whole. Um, and The Rock, well, you know, he does his best. He's, he's good, good lad, but I'm going to have to go for Stone Cold Steve Austin out of those three. Hmm. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, That is a toughie. That is a toughie for sure. Um... Because I, li- I like a lot of the, the little things The Rock does. And then I also like a lot of the, thing, the things Undertaker does. I like how The Rock used to sell a submission. He's the, he's the only wrestler who's ever properly sold a submission, as far as I'm concerned. In terms of, in terms <laughs> of the timing on dragging himself to the ropes. Yeah. Oh, is he going to get to the ropes? The crowd wanted to get to the ropes. Oh, he's not quite there. Oh, oh is he going to tap? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh he got the ropes. You know, of really yeah. dragging that out to its to its its maximum effect, and then I've always been as as we know, this is a hell of a, a callback, hell of an obscure callback. I've always been a fan of. <laughs> that so stupid. I've always been a fan of how Undertaker hit the ropes. <laughs> I've always used Undertaker as the counterpoint for how John Cena hits the ropes. I hate how Cena hits the ropes with his one leg up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Undertaker, I, 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 I've said, Undertaker hits the ropes like he's sitting into a chair. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly which, what you mean. Which I love. I love. That's how that's how the pros do it. Um, two feet together, like he's leaping into his favorite armchair. Um, but when I when I think back to my childhood, and the glass shattered, let me tell you, there was no more exciting thing than Stone Cold is going to come out and give someone a stunner and drink some beers. So I, I, I'm going to go with my heart rather than my brain on this one, and I'm going to go Stone Cold as well. I am also going to go with my heart, and my heart, my gut reaction, gut and heart all in the same place, was The Rock. <gasps> the Rock. Fair enough. So, yeah. Two greats. I think The Rock is is one of the, the this is going to sound obvious, but one of the all-time great promo guys insofar as no one, like like Sell the Submission, no one has nailed the art of the catchphrase like The Rock. Mm. And whatever about your delivery, no one has got the catchphrases like he like he did. He totally understood the art of it. Not all of them caught on, popcorn fart and the like, but smell The Rock is cooking, let me tell you. I smell it, buddy. Um, Stone Cold had some good catchphrases as well, to be fair. He did, he did. Um, Undertaker, less so. Uh, rest in peace or whatever you say. I'm making frames. Uh, I saw on Instagram yesterday, by the way, one of my all-time favorite Undertaker moments, <laughs> which was when Kurt Angle went to hook him and then kissed him on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's like an Australian show or something. I want to oh say. But my god, tremendous. Anyway, I have an email from Nick as well. Subject, Excalibur's wedding. He says, hi, gents. This is, good, this is a good email to finish on, to be fair. <laughs> Bit drunk watching AW Rampage. Do you reckon Excalibur takes his mask off for the wedding photos? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'd want to see him if he didn't. I'm going to give you the rest of the answer and say no, because he's so ugly. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's definitely something well. Taz. That's definitely something Taz would say on air. Imagine if his wife and all his family had masks on as well. It's just the whole family has fucking lucha masks on. Two little kids with lucha masks as well. Didn't they do something like that on Dynamite recently? Was it Chavo and Andrade? Someone made reference to like the lucha bros. They they wear those masks because they're so ugly underneath. Yeah. Which Got him. That's true. I think they're probably handsome boys. Phoenix definitely looks like a handsome boy. Yeah. Yeah. Pentagon uh, more difficult to say because he has skull face paint on the whole time. Or blood. True. One or the other. Interesting, by the way, that the, they mentioned in their little uh, media scrum that they want to do a hair versus mask match with the young Bizzles at some point. Ooh. That's got to be worth the admission. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's it. That is the emails for the week and that is the show for the week. We will uh, uh, be back next week would you believe it again that i'm on my travels again i'm never home um this place is this place actually is a kip i was about to make a joke this place is uh, i need to clean the bathroom um but uh yeah so i i'm not sure what my status will be next week uh but there will be of course there will be a chair shop podcast in your podcast feeds one way or the other next week uh talking all the latest from aew 
video games and movies. Well, I was going to um, say it'd be nice for a week to not have an hour of wrestling to talk about. It seems like every week yeah, for the last uh, month has been full to the brim of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad Arthur Ashe is not this coming week, so we can definitely, we can <laughs> Give us definitely, definitely put wrestling back to the end of the pile um, uh, for this coming week, unless, you know, The Rock shows up on Dynamite, <laughs> um, which could happen. Uh, so, yeah, we will uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. As well, if you want to email in, you can go to chairshoppodcast.com, and uh, we would love to, to get your questions and, and chat about them. So, uh until next week, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry. It's going to be goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. And it's going to be goodbye from Paul. Goodbye from me, too.